0: Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana.
1: Well, I mean, all the good ones do. I am Jake. And I'm Matt. And we're here for your weekly dose of Cantor Cartel Magic y goodness. Matt, how you doing today? Uh, not bad. I got off a little <laughs> Okay, so.
0: Boy, it took <laughs> 18 seconds. Yep, 18 seconds. This is related, but I totally forgot about this, and you've been over for like a half hour a little yeah. longer or whatever. Totally forgot about this. So I got off early from work because, like, I I worked some overtime. I worked a little later on Monday and
1: Tuesday. I had to. Are you allowed to get overtime now?
0: I I've always been allowed to, but they really don't want me to. Gotcha. Since my pay isn't like directly related to a job. Yep. Um, it's just a cost. I'm not they, out there making they money directly. Cannot
1: justify your overtime. Like they can't yes. mine.
0: Correct. Um, but anywho, so I I stayed late on. Monday got like an extra couple hours. Uh, wasn't didn't have time to take a lunch on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever. Doesn't matter. Basically, I've got a few hours of overtime. So they're like, yeah, hey, well, you know, let's uh send you home early, which I am all for. Yep. And if I protested against, they would probably you know do yeah, they'd whatever. find something for you to do. Yeah, and to be fair, in their defense, we haven't really had a whole lot to do. So nope. I'm also I'm kind of I always tell people I will have your back if you have mine. So if a company that I work for has my back, I'm willing to kind of like play the game a little bit to yeah. be like, yeah, I get it. We're slow. I should go home. Yep. As long as, you know, you have my back. And so far they have. I haven't had personally any issues with the company we work for. Wonderful. Um. So anywho, I get off work early. and I'm heading home, driving up the highway. It's a fucking accident. I got home later today than I would have <laughs> <If you just laughs> normally. Yeah. <stayed up. laughs> so I was just sitting there I'm like well that makes perfect fucking sense the universe is punishing you for getting an easy day so not only did I work the overtime I left early didn't get home early and didn't get paid for the time that I fucking left early
1: remember everybody nothing in this world is free nope
0: immediately punished yep we're so like, doing nothing wrong. I left, did nothing wrong. Left early, had a smile on my face, and to be fair, I'm still in a good. I was like, whatever, you know, yeah. shit happens. There's no way for anybody to control this except for the idiots driving. Yep. Um, that got in the accident. Which even them, I mean, shit happens outside yep. of people's shit control, happens. especially on highways. Um, hopefully everybody's alright, but didn't know. <laughs> I didn't see any
1: corpses, so <laughs> there were no I did sheets.
0: It was a semi-related accident. I think he might have something. There might have been a mechanical failure. Gotcha. So there was a semi, and it had one of the giant semi-wreckers yeah. that was towing it, and the driver's side front wheel, like, the whole thing was bent at, like, a 45-degree angle. Oh, uh,
1: like a tie-rotted broken. Yeah,
0: something, like, there's some sort of mechanical failure in his, yeah in the front end, and it just, <laughs> hopefully when that happened, if that's what happened. He just slid and blocked, yeah, the, whole, and blocked the whole thing. Maybe and- he just jackknifed, didn't hit anybody, and then, Hopefully. But, hopefully. I don't know. This is all speculation. I just yeah.
1: happened to see the the wrecker there. Um So if you want to know where we live, look at all <laughs> every accident in, on a highway <laughs> in the Midwest between the dates of Tuesday and Thursday. I'm not telling you what we recorded this don't episode. Encourage people.
0: <laughs> uh
1: anywho, And you can know one of the roads we drive on. Yeah.
0: The uh other than that, like I've been good. Been playing I'm kind of winding down on Warhammer 40k Inquisitor Murder. Uh, yep. World's longest. The world's
1: longest title game, for a game, game title.
0: Um, still have fun. Great game. Played it a lot. Um, just
1: worth your fifteen bucks.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I didn't even buy it. I got that PlayStation oh, Plus thing. Yeah. yeah. Worth your monthly subscription. Definitely worth that month's monthly subscription. I mean, I awesome. probably put between fifteen hundred hours into it. Yep. Like it's. Just, and
1: that's the kind of like I'd be I'd be content to pay sixty bucks for a game like that. Yeah. Like if if you could hand me any game and say you will enjoy. 45 hours of this game I'll pay 60 bucks yep. easily full oh, price no problem um,
0: yep I mean you're talking when you get into the pay a dollar for an hour of actual yep. entertainment
1: I'm oh good to go oh gosh yeah so kind of just saying listener <laughs> <laughs> we produce approximately 10 hours of content a month just saying listener <laughs> Boy, it seems like an. <laughs> I'm sorry. Guys, I'm I'm being a hundred percent facetious. I don't give a fuck who joins the Patreon. Thank you all who do, but no, I'm being completely facetious. No, I'm uh, just I'm just fucking around.
0: Oh, I uh, that I, I made ribs the weekend. This weekend, yeah, I know. I don't know I if was, we talked
1: about that. I was this close, and Matt can verify how close my fingers are to asking Sarah to come over here this weekend for have, dinner. Um, the
0: uh. And I'll make them again. Like mm-hmm. uh, right now, like as like I've said, I'm just kind of like going through the different types of meat you can smoke and yep. like um, narrowing down recipes, stuff like that. Uh, One of the I don't remember the name of it and it's upstairs and I'm not going to bother to go get it. But my uh, wife's aunt, she had sent me she my wife told her that I got a smoker. So sh- there's this website company, I don't know, who makes like spice rubs and whatnot. Oh, so she nice. got me a like a four pack of like these. Uh, rubs, and the pork one was really good. It's the only one I've had so far. Yep. But the the ribs were delicious. So I made I had two racks of ribs, and I had I did one whole rack without any sauce. Yep. Just to see I wanted to see what they were like without sauce, and I put quite a bit of the rub on them. Yeah. And the other one I did moderate rub, and then we had two uh, different. Amanda likes um like more vinegary like Carolina style barbecue yeah. sauce. She doesn't really like sweet. Uh, sauces and she really doesn't like sweet meat. I I don't love like sweet baby rays barbecue sauce is too sweet in my opinion. Yeah. But I like somewhere in between those. So not quite as sweet as sweet baby rays, but like not like, you know, yeah. I want some sweetness in there. So like we had a full rack with no sauce and then a half a rack of sauce to each one for us. So uh it's good. It's very good. I uh so there's I learned this. <coughs> When you're cooking ribs, you're actually, like, like if you were in a rib competition, fall off the bone is considered overcooked. Because a lot of people, you hear people talk about that all the time. They'll be like, oh, these ribs are, f- you know, they fall off the bone ribs. Cool. I've heard of that, yeah. Apparently, that is considered overcooked. That is,
1: a I consumer know- would enjoy that, but a judge would not.
0: Correct. I did not know that until I started making these, and I happened to say, cook overcooked. What I would consider perfectly cooked yep. ribs. They were not fall off the bone, but like when you would eat the ribs, there wouldn't be, there was no tissue left on the bone.
1: Yeah, they pull off very easily. They pull easily.
0: off, but they weren't like, like, you could pick the whole thing up and like there was give, but they were not just like mush. Cause that's, nice. if you overcook ribs, they will be basically just turn into mush. You get mush. Yeah, they were not mushy. Okay. I cooked them very well, in my opinion. They still had plenty of like texture. Cause, You know, it's kind of, it's not quite the same thing with steak, but like, I don't like, like, to me, there's a point in which steak gets too tender. Oh, yeah. I like to, I want to chew a little bit. It's not supposed to be brown pudding, (laughs) like cow flavored pudding. (laughs) Exactly. The videos were like, they cut with a spoon. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no, not interested in that. It's a little too much. It's a little too much. And the ribs were
1: great. So that was my weekend. How about you? I, uh, got the chicken coop finished this weekend. The Patreon, uh, patrons got to see some pictures of our new chicken coop. I'll get some pictures with the chickens out there because Sarah is in the process of moving them out. They spent their first night outside last night. Um, for people ask, people wondering why we still have chickens inside, I know. <laughs> but the, they're, they're pretty old. They're probably ready to go outside. But we have had some nights in the low 50s. Yeah. And based on what we've seen... In? It's a little chilly for new chickens. There, there's so we just keep we kept them another week or two, but they're starting to sleep outside. Uh the chicken coop is all finished up. Got I was um very pleasantly surprised with how well it was a huge, annoying, shitty process like I knew it would be. Wrapping it went smoothly. Mm-hmm. It's all wrapped in nice and tight, nice and uh nice and secure for them. The proverbial bolt didn't happen. No, one we didn't break away. any bolts, um, <laughs> yeah. which I was very prepared for. Didn't break any <laughs> bolts, everything went in fine. Uh we ended up we bar- I, I, it worked out great. I wanted to bury the fence around it, the mm-hmm. bottom one, to, so you, nothing could dig underneath it. It it all went smooth. I was really dreading building the door um, because I've never built a door like that. Yeah. And I'm a relatively handy guy, and I've built things. I've built squares, but I've never done it. And just like every time I try to do something I've never done before, you never know yeah what how it's bolt's gonna, gonna, gonna break out. and it's gonna and i thought the door while well, it's a very minor thing it came out it looks great yeah it looks really good it fits super snug it's re it just like everything about it came together super awesome all the latches work really well the cage feels very secure which mm-hmm. i'm happy about because we're about ready to put 120 dollars with the chickens in it
0: as um have all your chickens lived so far you haven't had any have yeah everything's good. good
1: before we got from like tractor supply or whatever they're fine um Sarah can't tell how many ro- thinks we may have Three roosters may have one rooster She's not super sure you have to watch those roosters So I've heard Conflicting arguments where Some people say roosters will fight each other uh, But for example my mother and this is one Story versus you know it's yeah. the internet and But like my mother has a couple roosters And they're fine mm-hmm. they pick on each other sometimes But like they're totally fine They they grew up together and the, the roosters Don't mind each other too much that's good but I've heard stories Of roosters fighting each other to the death yeah Um I think since we have at least one rooster, we may not need to get a guardian bird. Mm-hmm. So I've heard about, because we want let to let our roosters run, and we know it's, we live <laughs> in the country. We've got hawks, and we got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, Foxes, dogs. Um, Alligators. Yeah. Just to throw off yep. people. Uh, yeah, the, the uh, American alligator is native to our neighborhood. Um,
0: native and- or not, it still could be there. <laughs> You're not
1: that far from some water. <laughs> um, but it's not uncommon to get guardian birds, like a goose or a... Or a or a turkey Mm -hmm. to basically help protect them. But uh, like my mom was saying, like she's had her roosters have done a fine job. And I've heard other people say that roosters will do an okay job of protecting your hens. They'll fight shit. If something comes around to fuck with them, one, they'll alert, they pay attention, they'll call out and two, they'll fight stuff. So we'll see what happens. Get them some armor. No. (laughs) Cute as
0: fuck and kind of badass. Can you imagine like if you, you hypothetical. Yeah. Your chicken is strapped up with some fucking chicken armor, right? And a hawk comes down. All you hear and is... you just, you happen to be outside mowing the lawn, and you look to your left, and your rooster, who you've named something from Warhammer,
1: so let's say his <laughs> well, name she, I believe is his, I believe his name is Grim. <laughs>
0: Grim, cool. Yeah, okay. So Grim is full battle armor <laughs> chicken fighting off a hawk yep. and you just pull your phone out and you're just like check this shit yep. out and your chicken <laughs> fights off a hawk oh for and sure kills just, him the sun comes out like from behind some clouds and just catches on that armor gleams off it the just armor gleams on it and there's some there's some hawk blood I don't wish any harm upon the hawk I do just,
1: just an uh, I mean he, if he needs hawk, to be fought off if a hawk's trying to eat my chickens then man. fuck him <laughs> castle doctrine man <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> and then you print it on a shirt that says stand your ground
1: <laughs> yep <laughs> oh don't dang. talk about don't tread on me <laughs> yeah. fucking chicken that
0: would be hilarious yep.
1: <laughs> yes i have seen uh some videos i don't know if it was a rooster or not but like i've seen videos of like someone will come into their chicken coop or whatever and they'll be like a hawk or a, a, a bird of prey mm-hmm. being pinned to the ground by a chicken like yep. holding its throat um, I've seen chickens like stomp snakes to death like I mean like they're they're, they're pseudo wild animals they're prepared yeah. to fight for their life they're just also fat lumps of food Yep, they're, <laughs> there's a lot they're of things delicious. they can't fight they're delicious <laughs> and they are de- they they're very lo- these are very lovey Sarah's yeah. done a good job of making them lovey but yeah
0: and I mean from what I understand chickens actually make for us reasonably good pets
1: they do if you so. socialize them when they're like you can uh, when I worked at the the horse barn at Nadia's, like you could just walk over to most of them and pick them up. Yeah, like you can like just walk straight to them and hold them. They're fine. That's cool. And most of Sarah, like for me, they will let me pick them up. But Sarah, they'll walk over to her. Yeah, like they love her. They she's know she's
0: mama chicken. Basically. She
1: is very much mama chicken. You're
0: the person who turned the light on. <laughs> yep. Kept us. That You're the warm person who 95 degrees or whatever the brought fuck it was.
1: Food and kept us warm and happy. But that's basically what my weekend was. I a couple hours on uh, Saturday or. Yeah, a couple hours on Saturday and a couple hours on Sunday, um, getting that done. Which hilariously, on seeing so you know my wife, she's pretty pale. On Sunday, we probably spent another like three or four hours just getting everything finished up, getting the door built, getting the last bit of wrap done, getting everything ready for him. We uh, we put some nesting boxes in there. We drilled. Uh, I realized after the fact because that we've sealed it with foam, so it's relatively solid, mm-hmm. and we realize that it gets very hot in there very quickly. So yeah. I drilled a bunch of breathing holes that will
2: will cover up air. for winter.
1: Yeah, and uh, in those three or four hours. She maybe got sun poisoning, Ooh. but definitely got all of her back sunburned. She's all, <sighs> she's all red and sunburned. That sucks. And she was like super tired all night. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> three hours, four hours in the sun got her fucked when it was. And it was like, it, it was, was pretty nice bright. this weekend. Like the sun was out. It was like, it was was like 80 degrees. Sun, yeah. It was too much for her, but that was my weekend was getting the chickens, uh, basically getting their house finished up. And I'm very happy with how secure it is. I walked around it and checked it all and. I think it's very solid. I think they're very safe in there, and I'm very happy that they have a nice, safe place to live. You know what else I'm very happy about? What's that, Jake? Uh, The new Legacy meta. How's Legacy? (laughs) (laughs) And our patrons. So I oh every week want to give a huge shout-out to our patrons. Uh, If you guys want to join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. You can hop into that private Discord, chit-chat with us. Uh, I know that me and Emperor have been playing tons of Modern. I'd love to have some more people to play, play Modern with. Mono Wolf gets on sometimes. We're... Uh, with Emperor now having his legacy deck put together, I'm going to get mine finished, proxied up soon. We're going to start playing some legacy stuff. Might even be able to catch Matt on, in on that to get some legacy elves bouncing around. But if you want to join in all that shenaniganery, uh, like Emperor, who puts our stuff on Reddit every week, thank you very much. Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf Ethan, CJ, Nate, Asphalt, Ted, MumbleDown, Rob, M, Limit of Questions, Winter, Rose, Becker, Derek T, and His forest. Head on over to that Patreon, hop on in. Every tier gets you into the Discord, and there's all kinds of other perks in there. But, oh, I almost started the episode. There's one other thing I want to talk about. So there will be no episode next week. We're going to take next week off. Um, I plan on trying to do a little better job of scheduling breaks every few months just for a little bit of a mental reset for Matt and I. Look, I'm not pretending this job is hard because it's not, <laughs> but it is time-consuming for us. I, um, Matt gets up super early, and recording late kind of fucks his schedule up. I am very busy throughout the week between hosting stuff on Mondays, recording, getting things edited, doing stuff with the wife, trying to keep a social life going. And just once every few months, probably, we will start kind of planning just to take a, take a week off. Yeah, and we'll you'll just, know at
0: least a week ahead of time yeah, unless we'll, there's some emergency.
1: Yeah, and, they, and it may still happen that if we have to skip for work, whatever, we'll kind of roll that into it. And obviously, we're humans and things happen. But we're going to try to... Plan a little bit more often just taking take a week off here and there maybe every every two months so next week no episode Um, patrons if you want to try and organize something I'd be totally cool with hopping on discord and playing some magic next week fucking around but listeners I'm super sorry I know you're heartbroken I hope you'll find the will to live but Matt
0: (laughs) yeah let's hope so
1: (laughs) how is legacy looking
0: uh like damn good (laughs) I don't really know what
1: else to say. Like, it's still... They there's did a, it. They fixed Legacy.
0: In its current state. Now, Wizards is, like, the perfect company at grabbing
1: defeat from the jaws of victory. Yep. So, like... As a good friend of mine always said, Magic the Gathering is the best game, despite Watsy's best efforts. <laughs> yes. And
0: that's 100% true. Legacy has been looking great the past... Yeah. Several weeks since the ban,
1: like we are both actually legitimately excited to start playing Legacy a little more regularly on MTGO. We've yeah. we've both taken kind of a break, set back from actually playing weekly Legacy, just because like the, in my opinion, the format didn't look interesting. It didn't look fun, and the decks we had to play against didn't look fun to play against. And
0: yeah, well, and that's that to me is the big thing. Like if Legacy, if the same fifteen or twenty decks were just a thing for the next five years. Like I'd still be interested in it, yeah. As long as there wasn't like a dominant oppressive type bullshit that was going on, yeah. Like who the fuck wants to play either initiative or blue red delver every other matchup? Yep,
1: I know that's and pays for the privilege. And just (laughs) just, you go into that, and I have uh, I've been playing a lot more standard recently, uh, standard and pioneer, but I play a lot of standard on arena, and I play a lot of standard on arena sometimes. I'll go through a phase where I'll play like four hours, yeah. And like you know, I play ricks Midrange. There's always decks that you have a bad matchup against and just like every time you go up against them it's just like i'm not i'm not angry but like this is gonna be fucking tough yep this is gonna be an uphill battle all the way i need to draw well they need to misplay and i might win and like that's just how i feel playing against delver most games where it's like i need to play well and draw well i need them to probably misplay and it's still gonna be an uphill battle the whole time i have a low chance of winning this and i just i don't want to necessarily do this fight over and over and over and over and over again.
0: Yep. And that's the big thing. Is like and I, uh, we were talking about a different topic, but like to me, I have to be having fun anymore. To like, yep. If if it's if it's my free time, if I'm not having yeah. fun, I mean, obviously there's you know mowing the yard and shit like that. Yeah. But if we're Your talking hobbies. about games, I need to be having fun seventy five percent of the time. Yeah. Or I'm not fucking interested anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, that's why
1: you shut off Bloodborne.
0: <laughs> right. And <laughs> we like, we'll talk about that on the Patreon
1: episode. Uh-huh. But like I. I dipped my toe into Bloodborne. Yep. Let's just say that. And when it stopped being fun, uh, and that's, and that's, and I that's how I do off. games too. Like, I'll play a game. It's like, I'm not enjoying this. Goodbye. Yep. Because there's, like you've said, there's way too many other things to do in the modern day age. There's too much stuff competing for this time for me to spend it doing something I don't like.
0: Well, and here's here's something I will give you a point in your corner, because this is an eternal debate. So I will add a checkmark in your column. Number two. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Not necessarily that you're right about the whole argument, but when it comes to like the kind of nostalgia goggles that people have, one of the things that a lot of people don't consider is like older games just didn't have the competition Uh for your time. Yeah. Like when the NES came out, yeah. I mean, I know there's like Atari and shit like that. The even NES was like revolutionary. Oh yeah. When that came out, there wasn't a whole lot you could do. Yeah relatively speaking, like if you were interested in those kind of things, you didn't have a ton of options. So of course those games were awesome. Now that doesn't mean that something like super Mario brothers or super Mario brothers three aren't amazing games, Uh but some of those like mediocre games that you loved as a kid, go back and play them. Yeah. They fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but
1: like the the cost to entry for a video game was so high. Well, I mean, shit, just to buy them. That's like, what I mean. Like, like yeah. to make them was incredibly expensive.
0: To buy them cost, yeah, in inflation adjusted terms, thousands it's, of dollars to buy you, f-
1: shit like that. Not like today, where you can go to GameStop and peruse the five dollar bin and pick up some fun games, or hop on Steam and look at the under five dollar, under ten dollar, and just buy three new games and give them a shot. Right. Like every game cost full price, sixty bucks, or whatever it was. Which, I mean, was $100. Like said,
0: that's what I mean. Like, I mean, shit, it's not even just that. So, like, this was a few years ago. I was sitting at my grand, my wife's grandma's house. And this all obviously has nothing to do with Legacy, but yeah. whatever. I was sitting at my wife's How's grandma's Legacy house. Legacy looking? And she had, like, a really old fucking, like, newspaper or something. And I started, thrum- like, thumbing through it. And it had a Toys R Us ad mm-hmm. in it. Like, the games were, like, $120. Yeah. For, like, the good ones. So, like, if you wanted to buy, like, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, or Super Mario uh, World, or, like, Yoshi's Island, or Doom, or something like that, they were between $60 and $120. Yeah, back in, what, the 80s? No back in the, the, Super Nintendo was the 90s. Oh, the 90s, okay, back in the 90s. Yeah, but, I mean, the 90s was still fucking 30 years ago. Yes, it was. Like, that's an insane amount of money. Yep. Like,
1: I mean, so just, yeah, everybody keep that in mind. You got one game. And so if you want to play the NAS, you can play the other game you've had for two years and you've beaten a hundred times or the new one that you're going to have for two years. Right. So, like, you played it whether it was good or bad. Yeah. And you learned to love it. Right. That's like there's there's a lot of things like we were talking 10 seconds on Bloodborne. Matt was bitching about a lot of stuff. And myself, I have these rose colored glasses of being like all of those complaints are completely valid. But, man, it's fine. I just had so much fun. I enjoyed playing that because I forced myself past them. And it's easy to look past all of these legitimate grievances where it's like, it's kind of bullshit, but it, yeah, that's, that's Bloodborne for you. Yeah. Um, but anywho, sorry, talk about magic. <laughs> let's talk
0: about magic. Um, <clears throat> so in a surprising turn of events, Blue Red Delver won this yeah, week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> shockingly enough. Although I will say, um, <laughs> It's the only deck in the challenge categorized as blue red delver. yes. Now there there's there's a lot of uh, spoiler alert. There's a lot of other this week. Almost half of it was actually unclassified. yeah, and there's for sure a couple in there they're very I actually looking at it, and there's a few in the top eight. There's a few that are delverish mm-hmm. so that, but I mean, like one one deck pinged the sensors as legit blue red delver. yep.
0: Uh, but it did also win. so it was a uh, Sahakvik. well done. So let's go briefly over this. We did we did a pretty deep dive on the Delver stuff last week, so I don't want to yeah. beat that dead horse. But uh, the big thing here, notably, two Sprite Dragons in it. So we've got Delver of Secrets, DRC, Murktide, yep, two Brazen Borrowers instead of typically speaking one, yep, and then two Sprite Dragons.
1: Yeah, a total of sixteen creatures this week. Yeah. Kind of really up on the creature list. And um, I know Matt. I will stand behind that. I called this immediately. Matt's always felt this way, but. I still believe if you want to run a aggressive tempo version of is it Delver Sprite Dragon is the way to go. I love that card. Yep, and everyone's it, everyone's been looking for a two mana card to fill that um, expressive iteration slot. If you're looking to be aggressive, is it? I think Sprite Dragon is the is the best way to go. Yeah, I, I do want to make a minor, minor complaint to um, other podcasts I've listened to, and there's this idea that they're kind of. To say they're, sh- they're 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 poo pooing this idea that as expressive iteration got banned, everyone has been experimenting with all these two mana cards to create card advantage, predict, and mercurial spell dancer, and all these ways to get extra card advantage, and like poo pooing it, being like, you know, why are you trying to do that? That's not what the deck's wanted. You know, don't worry about that. Don't try and focus on these bad card advantage spells. to Make the deck better. And I would say an argument against that: the reason they're trying to force these probably not good enough two mana card advantage spells is because Delver's win or Delver was 40% of the fucking meta. Yeah, I was because gonna say, it had because it had a two mana card advantage spell. It's to
0: me I looked at that as like I just as a brief like just like once over the cards available. I was like I don't think any of these are too yeah. are good They're, enough but the,
1: the, the big ones were like reckless impulse, Exile 2, predict, take setup. Yeah. Um and sees less cards. Uh what Mercurial spell dancer takes a ton of setup and a lot of things to work. And is vulnerable to m- removal. Yeah.
0: But like I was looking at him. But like to me, what I was in my head, I'm just like, I get why people want to try to replace expressive duration yeah. because if you can replace it, yeah. you're right back to having the best like deck in the format. The code's cracked, then. Yeah, we know exactly what it what takes, it takes yep. to break this yeah. shell. With,
1: yeah, exactly. All these cards, except those four, we know exactly how to make a deck yeah. that and is. And you're right back off to the races. Twenty-two to thirty percent of the top thirty, uh, top or top thirty-two every single week.
0: Yeah. So it's understandable why they're trying to chase that high, so to speak. Yeah. I just personally didn't think that, like, Predict has too many hoops to jump through. It's not nearly as reliable. Yep. Reckless Impulse has fewer ju- hoops to jump through, but again, isn't as reliable. And, like... Yeah. There's, it, there, there, there's the reason... The reason just isn't there.
1: There's a reason none of them did it before. Yeah. But there's also... You gotta keep in mind that in the previous iterations of Delver, when these cards existed, and they didn't run them because they weren't good enough... I mean, we learned a lot about the build of Delver from Expressive Iteration. And you can tell that because they didn't run it right away. Yeah. It took months and months to lock in on for Expressive Iteration. Except we learned-
0: for me, who did immediately. Yes.
1: Did but most I cast of the community- that the first
0: time. was like, holy shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Have you ever cast it with a DRC out? No. Oh, it's insane. I bet. But, um, Like, we learned a lot about how to build Delver better. With, especially with a lot of new cards that came out. And so it makes sense. Like, again, I'm not knocking anybody, but there's been this, I've heard a couple podcasts It's been a kind general of, trend. kind of poo-poo this, where are you trying to force these bad two mana draw two spells? And it's like, because the last time we had one, it was the best deck by a fucking mile. And if we can get eighty, if we if we can get 75% of a expressive iteration, that might be good enough right. to have the best deck in the format again. Yep. Sorry. Um, Anyway, Any back two. to this Delver. This Delver list, however, does not have much interesting, and other than those Sprite no, Dragons. The only, the only thing that I do like,
0: one of the things I like about Sprite Dragon, on top of just the fact that I love the card, is Sprite Dragon makes your Mishra's Baubles better, which Way are better. bad cards to make DRC better. So Sprite Dragon, in my opinion, it's kind of like the A-squared plus B-squared equals C-squared uh-huh. type of shit, where like... Yeah, well, you're already... You're improving, like, putting D- Sprite Dragon... In your deck, in my opinion, kind of makes DRC better, yeah, which is makes
1: already it, yeah the D- second best card in your deck or best card in your deck. DRC kind of forces you to run Mistress Bauble, which is an okay card at best unless you have real synergies to go with it, and like Urza Saga tokens or Delirium with yeah. uh, DRC, and then being able to, especially especially considering the negative synergies with Delver of Secrets, where yep. Obviously, you can get free scries to maybe set your delver up, but more often than not, you're going to be revealing it a Del- or You're going to be looking at it with a delver and not flipping your delver. But yeah, the ability to run another good card that makes your kind of bad card better makes your deck on average a lot, a lot more round. Well, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Is like DRC. But I said it first, so it's my thought.
0: Well, I was going to express <laughs> it slightly differently. So, like, let's just for argument's sake say DRC is a nine. Yeah. By having to include Mishra's Bobble, which is a mediocre card, you probably bump it down to like an eight. Great way to think about it. Well, by including Sprite Dragon, maybe you bump it up as a whole. Those three cards are now 7.5. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where it's just like your deck is just a little bit better
1: yep. because you're getting a little more synergy out of it. Yeah. And, and don't a- forget that, you know, Sprite Dragon also just synergized with almost every yeah. other card in the deck.
0: But uh, in particular, that's the, the yeah. card that, like, is new to, like, when I was running Sprite Dragon, I had all the normal spells, but I didn't have Mishra's Wobble, yep. because I didn't have DRC, and so now that those two things are different, and that's the relevant comparison. I was yeah. Thinking. um, As far as the sideboard goes, nothing we haven't seen before. It's been a minute since we've seen these is it Delver decks running Narset, but we have seen it before.
1: Yeah. I think Narset in general is getting a little more popular, um... I believe, like, the kind of the general consensus is there's a little more time in the format now. E- well, either you're getting comboed out or you're lining up, and this This top eight will kind of back this up. These are more grindy or more, mid, more mid-rangey, and in those situations, Narset's a great card. Oh,
0: she's fantastic. Yeah. Not only are you denying resources to your opponent, she also is effectively, what, you get... Dig through uh, time. She's dig through time. Yeah, Plus, see. leaves a body that still does something that yep. they have to like she's dig through time with healing self.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She might eat She might eat a lightning bolt. Yeah. She also I mean. Yeah. The fact that if dig through time said for the next two turns your opponents can't cast brainstorm. Right. It's just like it's insane. Yeah. So
0: fantastic card. Not surprised to see it but we hadn't. It was notable yeah.
1: that it was in here
0: because we haven't seen it in a minute. Shattering Spree is another one we haven't seen a ton of. Uh, normally people run like Meltdown. meltdown. That's the kind of the big one. Um, Shattering Spree to me seems fine the only it's it's kind of weak against chalice because yeah. like you want to get that chalice on one you want to be able to remove that chalice on one and shattering spree never can yep but it's also really good against a lot of other decks and
1: yeah it does, it allows you to nick some of those higher cmc artifacts without having to dump yeah. shit tons of mana into it yep interesting card uh for a
0: minute, Chattering Spree was like fucking like 15 or $20 card or some <laughs> shit. I was like, oh, I'm glad I already have those. No kidding. Uh, next up, we have Mono White Initiative.
1: Oh my God. When did S for Sentinel become a freaking $22 card?
0: Don't you no, have
1: yours? like thirty dollars. No, I never bought them. Oh, they you... came out. They came out at like I knew. Oh, I called that immediately. Yeah, I was like, I was that like, was one of your uh-huh. best favorite cards. Everyone out of that set. shit on that card. Oh, this yeah. is fucking stupid. Oh, make him pay one once a turn. Oh no, I was like that card's fucking amazing. Uh, but they were like eighteen dollars when they came out. Like like fifteen to eighteen dollars, and I was like, eh, feels like a ten dollar card to me. I'll buy them at ten. They never got to ten. Oh. And they now they're now they're over twenty five. They're like twenty eight dollars a piece, and it's like. Well, cool. Probably never buy one of them.
0: Nope. Well, just wait for them to get reprinted and some sad or something. They yeah, will no eventually. Shit. Next time they go back to what Alara is where Esper is at, they'll be like, "Hey, it seems like a good time to print Esper Sentinel." Yeah,
1: no shit. I'd love that so much because I'd love to have a set of Esper Sentinels. The card's so good.
0: Um. Anyway, anyway what's this deck? <laughs> yeah. So we got Esper Sentinel, Thalia, uh,
1: Archon of ameria Did you ever? Did you ever name the deck? I oh, it is.
0: Sorry, I. It's Mono White Initiative.
1: Yes, the new, the new, and it, like, it's hard to call them initiative. It definitely is. Yeah. But like, it's a mono white initiative because it has four-season Dungeoneer.
0: Yeah, and it, well, it, it it's only it. has a Dungeoneer, but it is also running Chrome Mox. Yes, it's running. And Chancellor to like, guarantee, to like, really try yep, to, to, to force get one it.
1: out. So you've still got the four Chrome mocks and one pedal for some mana acceleration. Notably, you don't have any mana creatures for mm-hmm. acceleration. Um and you but you still have the three caverns, the four ancient tombs, um, you know, no um no city of traders. No city of traders and twenty-two total lands. So you're planning on hitting some land drops. Yep. Yep. Well you twenty two total lands because you're not running any of the Ameria lands that are the dual face lands. Yep.
0: But yeah, it's it's kind of a mix, in my opinion, of death and taxes
1: and initiative, which to be fair, initiative was See, I wouldn't even call it death and taxes. This to me feels a lot more like um dragon stompy but white that's what i think of when i see this deck because i think this deck is made in its like it's two or three drops but you're trying to slam that that either that hate piece or that um status piece turn one or two as fast as you can so you're trying to turn one a thalia or an archon immediately yeah and you're going to follow that up with some really powerful threats you're going to be able to okay overpaying for to me that like Versus the death and taxes, which is all about, you know, turn one mother of runes, turn two, like slowly accruing value, Rishid import, denying your opponent resources, building your board up, chipping them to death. I think this deck wants to hard slam a big, like a fatty, quote unquote, in Thalia on turn one and basically lock him out of the game for a turn or two or Archon of Ameria, and also lock him out of the game for a turn or two. And then if you're really lucky, then be able to follow that up and slam a Dungeoneer and just go to fucking town.
0: like. Your assessment of the deck, I agree with. The problem I have is it. I think it tries to split the two too much. Where like none of these, if they come down on turn one or anything, is close to as powerful as like a Blood Moon, a Trinisphere, or a
1: Chalice. I think Archon of Emeria is close. Um, Thalia is not on turn one.
0: But, but, like, I mean... I, I agree
1: with you. Uh, well, the Esper Sentinel and your Thalia are going to be your biggest turn once. So that's why there's eight of them. And you're right. Neither of those compete with right. Blood Moon. You're 100% right there.
0: <clears throat> and so, like, it's... It's Hate Bears, and I personally, like, they can become pieces like that in multiples, but I don't consider Hate Bears, Hate Bears, like, lock pieces. Because, like, they're trying... Like, Esper Sentinel and Thalia slow you down. Uh-huh. Trinisphere says you don't play the game. That's true. So, like... But I get your point, and I agree with like the assessment. That's exactly what it's trying to do. It's we're talking arguing over definitions here, basically. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's one of this those is, things. It's this, somewhere in between Red Prison and Death and
1: Taxes. This is the Fairy Mastermind versus Holbreacher argument right, again,
0: <laughs> where it's just like, but yeah. yeah, it's 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 definitely not that all in on initiative because there are a couple.
1: Yeah, we the the big one has become that um, Boros Initiative, where you, you yeah. have eight initiative creatures and usually like some simian Spirit Guides to try and just force it out fast
0: and red green is back in this top 32 as well. It's in nice. uh 12th place where it's got the under mountain adventure, the caves of caves of chaos adventure, and then all eight of the guides. Yep. So like, it's like this weird, like this white one is kind of like this, like we're like, well, we kind of like the initiative creature cause it is fucking amazing. We're yep. not going to not run it. Yeah. And then we want these prison pieces, but we're not dedicated like all in
1: on the pre- yeah. prison pieces. There is still the top end of seasoned dungeoneer yeah. essentially. And or- then
0: they swap out their threat suite with stone like they ditch the stone forge mystic and ship of death and taxes yep. but keep like Thalia and Wasteland, ditch yep. the Rashaden ports. So like this is I don't want to say it's a new deck because it's like 80% there of that initiative thing, uh-huh. but it's definitely going to play differently than those initiative decks. So cool. I mean, uh, just as a quick spoiler so nobody blows their fucking brains out. Uh, initiative <laughs> is like twelve percent of the meta. Yeah, like because there's a lot of these decks are uncategorized. Yeah. So like the, uh, um,
1: it's kind of, it's probably a little higher because like this mono white initiative.
0: Yeah, seasoned dungeoneer is in twelve percent. Caves of chaos adventures oh, twelve percent. Yeah, so, that's what you got, so you got twelve percent. Yeah, I'm just looking at the creatures. Realistically, it's probably a little bit higher, like you said, because some decks don't some run season dungeoneer. Yeah. Some
1: decks don't run caves of whatever like, chaos. Not the end of the world. But yeah, yeah, Anyway, a deck pulling in between 10 and 15% of a meta once in a while is totally fine.
0: What the fuck? Third place? Third place. Hex Drinker?
1: I saw that. I know. Hex Drinker. That card is so fucking bad. I you know think that, Tarmogoyf is I know. bad. I know we can't agree on Tarmogoyf. We, Can I've, we agree Hex Drinker's drinker. terrible?
0: I have never liked that card. I do not now. This one's a little bit better in that, like, it inherently does protect itself a little bit. It can. It can.
1: Oh my god! Are are we going to argue that? Oh well, you know, if you if you pump six mana into it, it protects itself. That's a good argument.
0: No, what I'm saying is, relative to the other level up cards, it does protect itself. Like, I don't like the level up mechanic. I think it's a bad mechanic. It's it's not a. I don't mean bad mechanic as in like it's poorly designed. It's not a competitive. It's not competitive, powerful. Because yeah.
1: remember, everyone who's listening, the level up mechanic where you can pay a mana value to essentially, literally level up your creature to another level, and at certain levels they gain abilities. It's at sorcery speed, right? And, and that, the, the deciding factor.
0: Well, the big thing is, so you're like, okay, from if I'm if I remember correctly, it does not start at level one. It starts at level zero. So you had to pay four mana. Hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure because it says put a level up counter on it, level up only as a sorcery. Yeah. So it doesn't have any counters on it.
1: Well, no, but it would, yes, but you would go level one, level two, level three.
0: Plus the mana to cast it, which is what yeah. I'm saying. Oh, so you got, got four mana for a four, four protection from
1: instance. Now, yes. what
0: happens is you go, okay, I've got one <laughs> here, mana, me, two here, one. We
1: can level this. I'm going to play Hex Drinker, Matt. Do you, you, you okay with that? Pass. I'm gonna level it up. I I can't do it on my turn. Can't do it on your turn. Uh, I'll spend one mana level to level one. Sure. Uh, I'll do it to level two. Sure. Uh, Okay, I'll level it to level three. Hold up. Swords to Plowshares. Cool. So there (laughs) goes four fucking mana.
0: (laughs) Right. Like. Meanwhile, the bad card of Tarmogoyf you just drop a fucking. <laughs> you pay two mana. Fuck you. And, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm know. not trying. It's not a dig, but like it. That's the next card on the list. Yeah. So I know. like you talk about Hex hexdrinker, which is like leaves you wide open to get uh-huh. blown out. Tarmogoyf. Worst case scenario, you drop it. You you do. Typically speaking, I don't say you want to have to. You don't necessarily have to play around lightning bolt with Tarmogoyf. It's very often that it just naturally yeah. is boltproof. But like, let's just worst case scenario, you have to play around bolt until yeah. like turn. Two well, or three to cast it, right? You at least get the choice. Right. But, and then you cast it. It doesn't need a fucking counterspell. Yep. If it does, great. At that point, it's him to Turok. Yep. Because no one's actually casting counterspell. Nope. So that's eating a force of some type. Might, might play in the daze if you have to, but... Sure. But, and to be fair, that getting anything dazed sucks. Yep. And daze would suck as against hex It sure would. Or a Merc Tide or anything like that. So... Yeah, you
1: could daze a Hextraker and let it resolve, but they just get, now they can't level it up this turn.
0: Right. <laughs> And then it sits there, and like Tarmogoyf is just a good fucking card. Yeah,
1: don't me wrong. I don't think. Again, I still maintain I'm not in love with Tarmogoyf in in well, what legacy. I mean, is
0: resol- when it resolves. So when Tarmogoyf resolves, it's often a four five or a five six. Yeah, a four five or a five six. Once you've once yep. the costs are in it.
1: Yep, it's relevant. It's a relevant creature. Yeah. You and have that's for to f- two mana.
0: You had to put four mana into this fucking
1: thing to make it almost as good as a Goyf. Yeah. <laughs> arguably, let's say but I'd say arguably it's, a it's, it's better if you get there. So when you sure. get to it, I, I would say A
0: four four protection from instance is better than a four-five. I would agree. Or even a five.
1: I'd say even a five even a 5 six. In you're, this
0: format, realistically probably, but at that point. Your you're top you're,
1: decks change quite a bit on what like your outs to this are really low compared to Tarmogoyf. Flipside, Flip side, though, against a goldfish. A 5 4 is one turn quicker than a 4 4. That is true. That is true. But as, that, as, as someone who plays control, I have so many outs yeah. to Tarmogoyf. and not everyone does. But if the Hex Drinker, you know, hype, it, if you can put twice as much mana into this creature, then yeah, now I I really don't have any outs. Well, and the funny
0: thing is, if we're going against like a control deck, I think I'd still rather have Goyf because like Hex Drinker is just the fucking prismatic ending.
1: Yeah. I a, mean, yeah, it, it is. It's a one mana prismatic ending.
0: Yeah, and, and it, like, like yeah, and you can't swords it, but that's the only thing they can't do to it. Like, and
1: you're so oh, it's in it's not instance and sorcery. No, oh, it's just shit. instance. That's worse. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. I thought it was both.
0: Yeah, no, it's just instance.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's worse. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of hex. It does have the top end where if you place if you put nine mana into it, it becomes a six six sure. pro everything.
0: Which cool. Nobody even fucking plays progenitus anymore. Nope. A ten ten protection from anything isn't worth four mana.
1: Yeah, just saying. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah, I don't listen. To finish my thought, I'm not in love with Tarmogoyf being played in Legacy. I'll take Tarmogoyf all day over Hex Drinker.
0: Yeah. Tarmogoyf eats Hex Drinker's lunch.
1: But <laughs> hey guys, you make it happen. Go make Hex Drinker like, <laughs> pay for its lunch money. If I was playing
0: Tarmogoyf I would alter him to have Goyf eating a Hex Drinker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember when that card that card was like a 45 fifty dollar card when it got spoiled. Yeah, sure was. And now it's five. That's what happens when bad cards get reprinted. And that's probably was, I don't think it was it what was Hextrinker printed in? Uh, it was a while ago. Uh-huh. I didn't know it'd been printed more than once. Yeah. Oh, it was in the original Modern Horizons. That, that's the only time it's been printed. There was a secret layer of it. But yeah, it was. it's only been printed in the OG Modern Horizons. I was pretty sure it only been printed once. Really? You can just click on it in MTG Goldfish. There's a secret layer. And then it has it in Modern Horizons. It has it. Oh, a Modern Horizons regular and a Modern Horizons foil.
0: It is. What am I thinking of?
1: I have no idea. You'll think of it later. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, doesn't it, matter. When it the got spoiled, it was uh, it was a huge deal, and then it quickly flopped. It, I mean, people play with it a little bit, and they were like, "Oh wow, I get the I get blown out every time I, I cast think this I'm card." I thinking of Lotus Cobra. Yeah, As Lotus a, Cobra least,
0: expensive card that got reprinted. Yeah, Lotus
1: Cobra was like $30, 40 bucks, and yeah. they put it in standard, and it became a two dollar card.
0: Anywho, uh, this deck is weird. So, it's a white, it's a Bant mid-range deck. So, yep. we've got sort of, I don't even, like, mid-range isn't quite right, but, like, it's the probably the most accurate description. So, I was
1: talking to you earlier today about how this is a very mid rangey top eight, and this is one of them where it's like, this is, it's, it, you see Uro and Goyf, and, and Uro Goyf, you see um, Force of Will and Prismatic Ending, like, it feels mid-rangey to me. because It's enough... got Delver of Secrets too, though. It does have Delver. <laughs> but like, so you've only got three prismatic ending uh, and four sorts of you got I guess you have three prismatic ending and four sorts of plowshares. So you do have some of those controlling elements, but like the creature suite makes me feel it's just it's Yeah.
0: I mean it's just not the fact that it doesn't have the top ag-
1: end of a control deck. Yeah. And when you remove the top end from a control deck, you are left with a mid-range deck.
0: Now, this is where I would agree with you. I think it's really weird. I'll put this politely, really weird to be running Delver, and Goyf, and not Merktide. That, to me, is weird as fuck. And I know that Uro and Merktide both compete for the graveyard. I would much rather have a fucking Merktide than an Uro. Me too. So like, I don't know, this this just, it's just weird. This deck is, this list is so fucking weird. The funny thing is, we have all the same cards we've been seeing, and then they just
1: mix the combination, and it's like, what the hell is this? I'd rather have Uro and Murktide fight each other and not have Hex drinker. There's that. I'd rather just take the Hex Drinker out, put in two Murktide, and have them fight. Have that non-bow for them fighting for that for that graveyard slot. Well,
0: shit. And if you don't actually escape it, it's not a non-bow. Because he goes into the graveyard. You can fucking, like...
1: Yeah, you can you cast can him, cast gain your him, life, draw your, your Murktide. Life, get your
0: card, get your shit out, and he goes into the graveyard. Cool. Yep.
1: He fuels the Murktide if need be.
0: Yeah, worst case scenario. And Again, now... Okay. Yeah, I think I'd still rather have a fucking Merk Died than yeah, an me Uro. Too.
1: Another thing that definitely points us towards a mid-range deck, in my opinion, and it's a good combo with uh, Uro, Sylvan Library. Yeah,
0: Sylvan Library. And th- don't get me wrong, card. I'm not saying it's not a mid-range deck, it's just fucking weird. It's weird. <laughs> like, yep. I've never seen, outside of what we would call the mid-range blue-red Delver decks, never seen a Delver deck in a mid-range deck, because yep. that's not the type of... Like,
1: like, Delver is not a mid-range card. It's not. It's a tempo card. Right. So...
0: But you I guys know. have something
1: to do on turn one other than Spell Pierce.
0: That's what X-Drinker's for, Jake. <laughs> oh yeah, forgot, yeah.
1: <laughs> Jeez
0: Louise. Turn one Tropical Island, X-Drinker, pass.
1: <laughs> Get off this nonsense, what's next?
0: <laughs> Two more Sylvan Library in the side, just to back up your point.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Eight cast is next, fourth place. There we go, look, a nice simple deck, we've seen a hundred times. Nothing crazy going on here. Look, see, we're back to normal.
0: Emery, Psy, Kappa, Cannoneer, Thought Monitor, Force Wheel, Thought Cast, Chalice, yep. Petal, Bubble.
1: Full eight cast. The
0: way you well, the way you said that made me think that. Oh it was no, a trick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I
1: was like, I'm like, what am I looking for? No, no, this a pretty standard eight cast eight list. Eight cast
0: list is pretty much dialed in until we get something that like <laughs> until we get something like
1: new printed. I don't yeah. think it's going to change. A so lot the Caracas in the side got me thinking. Are you ready for a Caracas to spike? Why is that? The ring, man. Oh like, God, the ring tempting you. It takes all your creatures legendary. <laughs> I broke Matt. <laughs>
0: Caracas, Graph Digger's Cage, (laughs) Hydroblast.
1: That mechanic is so. It's just again. It's one of those. It's made for online play. Yeah. That that mechanic is. If you, I'm not reading all the things on it. I mean, there's like there's like six things on it. But look it up. The ring has the the way the ring uh, the ring tempts you has been spoiled now, and it's one of those things. It's just like mutate. It's just like day and night. It was designed for online play when the computer tracks it,
0: which is stupid because like it's a modern straight to modern set. Like it's not going to be on arena. It's not going to be on arena. Yeah, I know it's it's and it's like a it's in my opinion, a worse version of the under city. Yeah, so we've got the monarch. We've got under city. There's day and night like yeah. all these like Dude, it's going to be game changing effects.
1: And, I'm going to need to bring a second deck box with all the fake tokens I have to carry to bluff my opponent that I might be playing the ring. I might be playing under city. I might be playing. I don't fucking know yeah. stickers. And a Merit Lage token. <laughs> and a Merit Lage token. Like, and, you know. Like, I'm going to br- I have to bring, that. I have to re- I have, to, re- I have to, re- to reveal so many things the beginning the game or be able to th- throw them through and make them. Yeah. And this the, the ring tempts you is another silly mechanic. But Karakus is going to spike.
0: Well, not, I mean, obviously there's infinite room on the top, but like, it's already 32 bucks. <laughs> yeah. And it's banned in, if, if it wasn't banned in EDH, that card would be so fucking expensive. Oh, it would, or yeah. have been reprinted like four times.
1: Didn't mind. we decide in our table, like, if you play Mono White, you can have Karakas? Yes. That if you limit yourself to Mono White, you're allowed to play Caracas. Yep.
0: 100%. <laughs> and that, I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh, shit. Anywho, uh, like, you pretty much nailed it. It's
1: 8-cast. Yep, it is 8-cast. There's not really a ton to say. In anymore. fairness, Goldfish nailed it. Yeah. The next one's really kind of cool. Grixis. Yeah. So... But not. <laughs> I'm going to go out and say... This is not Grixis. It's not Grixis,
0: but it's not not Grixis. And it I'll can say, be
1: Grixis. I
0: will say. I count the sideboard. I look at a list of 75.
1: Okay, okay. Because like
0: in Legacy, that absolutely so, matters.
1: For reference, we're looking at an is-it list.
0: It's blue-red Delver with some black in it. For
1: Snuff Out. It's got Snuff Out, and which then the we've seen before. in s- the sideboard.
0: And this, in, in particular, is why I will call it Grixis. it has a domain card in it yeah, in the sideboard. True. Like, it does actually matter that there's a swamp in this deck. Yep. And there's
1: a couple. Like, and there's three swamps.
0: Yes, there's three underground seas. Like, now this is like splitting hairs. And the, but that's what we do on the show is yep. split hairs. That would be my argument. There are there's two swamp matter cards in this deck. That's
1: all I'm saying. So are you saying shout out prophecy hashtag better than is expressive iteration. I haven't actually read what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just saw Domain. Shad- so <laughs> well, Shadow Prophecy in the side.
0: Instant. Better than... I uh, yep. So we're there. Two More black. Easier to cast. Slightly easier. One more mana, but definitely fewer color restrictions. Yep. Does force you into black, though. Not a blue card, so it yep. can't be pitched. Yep. Uh, we're just checking off the list. So look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of basic land types you, among lands you control. So three.
1: Yep. At most. Yep. At most. At most.
0: Look up... Uh, put up... To two of them, into your hand, and the rest into your graveyard, lose two life. So, a pseudo-expressive iteration. Yep. Um, You get to play Snuff Out. Yep. Snuff Out's good, especially in initiative-heavy initiative meta, which sure this is. one kind of is currently. This th- top 32 is. You also get to play pa- Plague Engineer. I don't know how good Plague Engineer is lately. Um, But Plague Engineer, its floor is pretty high. Yeah. Like, it's, it's almost everyone has creatures that match creature types like yeah and there's mention, a lot of it's a three
1: two death touch there's but, a lot of x ones
0: yeah there's a ton of x ones like i mean you can eat all kinds of shit like oh you've got a fairy uh mastermind in your deck huh yeah like engineer and i'm still left with the three two yep. and you're
1: all future fairies suck yep um so there is another really interesting card in this
0: so there's we haven't even got to the main yet we're yep. just focused yeah, on we, we the, the sideboard black cards which are really what you know stood out so we've got drc Fairy Mastermind, which
1: we've talked about extensively.
0: extensively, Raisin Borrower, and then Chrome Host Seed Shark. Yeah, this card's so not legacy playable. That is the dumbest fucking name. Yep. <laughs> Let's just start there. Look at the art. the art. The art isn't much better. Yeah. So we've got a three mana, two and a blue, two, four flyer. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, incubate hey, X. Don't forget, it's a Phyrexian Shark. Phyrexian Shark. Yep. Cool. Cool. Super relevant card types. I mean the Phyrexian technically is that could be relevant. But the shark thing's almost never gonna matter. Yep. Um so whenever you cast a non-creature spell, i.e. 24 cards yep. in your deck, 27 cards in your deck, uh incubate X, where X is that spell's mana value. And so just in case you don't know, because I don't have it memorized yet, create an incubator token with X plus one plus one counters on it and Pay 2, transform this artifact, it transforms into a zero zero Arif- Phyrexian artifact creature with that many counters on it. Obviously.
1: Yes. So the direct comparison to be made is uh, the other shark card in Legacy. Yeah, Shark,
0: t- uh, shark, shark typhoon.
1: typhoon. We know when you resolve a Shark Typhoon, 6 mana enchantment, every time you cast an instant or sorcery, it makes a flying shark with that much power and toughness. Yeah. This one does literally the same thing, except it makes incubate tokens, which you can, at instant speed, pay 2 mana and flip over. Some relevant parts there to keep in mind. Uh, you can do it instant speed. You can't. They do have summoning sickness a the turn they come in. But when you flip them, they do not have summoning sickness. So you can make them on your turn, pass the turn, uh, at the end of your opponent's turn, flip them, or even on your next turn. Yeah, they, they're flip kind them of and attack.
0: pseudo-protected.
1: Yes. Um, this card is a 3-mana 2-4 that's blue. So it dies to days. It dies to... Yeah, it almost certainly eats a daze. Hyroblast. Fireblast Blast kills um, it. Obviously, force of will, probably worth forcing.
0: Well, the one of the things I will say about this is in certain matchups, you almost have to force this.
1: Yep. Like there are certain matchups where if it resolves, you're in deep shit. Now, it now the upsides, or sorry, one more downside. You have to pay for each of these tokens. Yeah. You don't just get tokens. Don't no. like you have to sink more mana into them. Now, they are artifacts which are removable, but not the most easily removed. Um well, and the thing is
0: they are artifacts. 8-cast is a real, very real deck. Almost everybody's packing, like, meltdowns. Yep.
1: And uh, shattering sprees. Shattering sprees,
0: other yeah. shit like that.
1: Upsides. Uh, force of Will and Snuff out get pretty good when they come with a 4-4 four, four, or 5 5-5. Uh, in general, your other spells, they're only one or two mana, but they when when Brainstorm makes a 1-1, one, one, yeah. it's pretty good. I mean, like, I brain, nothing feels better than Brainstorming with a Monastery Mentor out. Yeah. Even if it didn't have, just make an or a, I should say, like, a young Pyromancer. Just yeah. makes a 1-1. One, one. Don't forget though, you do gotta pay two mana for that one one. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see it. I don't think it's good enough. I'm again, Fairy Mastermind's here again this week. People are really digging on that card. I still don't think that card's really iffy to me. Keep in mind, last week we had a huge argument, uh, our friendly argument, and really, what did the 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 almost the entirety of the argument revolved around one thing: two mana versus three mana,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and. I'm right there willing to say that three mana for the, it's it's probably too much. This doesn't, this doesn't do as powerful as a thing in my opinion. Oh, for sure, no. The one thing that I've seen this do, and it's in standard, but what it does, it's really good, is it allows you to build a board state and survive a board wipe.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I've seen it do really cool things in standard where you play Chrome, you kill a thing, you play a spell, you do a thing, you accumulate two or three tokens, and then you wipe the board. Yeah. So then, everything that in your board wipe makes a token, then you can go on your next turn. You can start flipping this shit. You sur- you pseudo had a one side board wipe.
0: Yeah. Well, fuck. Even if you, even if all you did was go, turn three shark, turn four board wipe. Yep. You're still against the right deck. Yep. You're still ahead. You like, have a four four. Yeah. You have a four four.
1: Yeah. It costs more mana. It co- you know. But presumably <laughs> you've killed two or three of their creatures. Right. Probably one of yours. Because, I mean, if you're only going to board wipe... If, if you're behind. They, if you're behind. And a 2-4 doesn't catch you up.
0: No, but it does hold off. So, like, oh, sorry, if sorry. they have a couple three threes 3s In know. the
1: situation where a 2-4 on the board isn't enough to catch yeah, you up yeah, in the yeah. situation... Now you're going to board white. Yeah. and now you've left yourself with a four, four. You're, you're casting Supreme Verdict. Or four. actually, you know what's fucking awesome? Terminus. You could Terminus. Mm-hmm. Terminus makes a seven. Isn't it five? Is it five and a white or six and a white? I'd have to, i had to. But yeah, don't Terminus makes much. a six or a seven incubate. Yeah. So, like, uh, the way I've seen this, uh, the way I've seen Chrome host Seed Shark pull so much weight in standard, not a lot of things transfer over. I get that, guys. But where I've been impressed with it, is in control decks, where the plan was to slam a, a sea shark, maybe do some stuff, but it, it, even if it was like you said, on turn four, cast this the sharks, what you got, and then turn five, the big one is sunfall, where it exiles all yeah. creatures and but exile all creatures, make a five-five. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, doesn't sunfall get you. Sunfall a dude? also makes one. So, yeah, Sunfall. Yeah, that's would, not a bad game. Plan. Sunfall would make a make a three-three incubate, and then you'd have a five-five off the shark, and like you're untapping with a fucking board. So that is where I see this card coming in and maybe being good. This is not that deck. Mm-hmm. This deck, you're looking at getting a lot of one ones and maybe some two twos, uh, possibly. And again, but the, in fairness, the line does play out really well where you go Chrome Chrome Host Chrome Host Seed Shark. They try and kill it. You force it. They mm-hmm. find they kill it still, and you got a five five out of it. Yeah. That's still a really good line.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I a lot of what these cards, a lot of what this stuff to me. Just reeks of is, it's actually a good thing. The meta is so wide open. Yeah. let's fuck around a
1: little bit. And it's new. It's this is a, uh, this is a march of machines. It's a new card. Yep. Like yeah, it's. I'm not mad. We're trying this just because I I'm up here saying I don't think this this card belongs in this deck. Yeah, I don't think yeah, it has it's, legs. It's super awesome though that that it <laughs> that it shows up. It definitely is fish. Um, <laughs> that it shows up in a top But it's flying, eight. so it's clearly got something going on. It's got a lot of fucking fins down there. You see em? Yeah. Yeah um oh those are fins i hope <laughs> um but yeah like i don't like the, all these cards that i'm kind of against you know showing up that's how open legacy is where you can run these cards these maybe suboptimal cards you can experiment and these experimenting decks are still putting up numbers
0: so again i don't think fairy mastermind long term has legs i i'd say the mastermind has better shot than the shark agreed if i had to pick
1: that 100 percent agreed
0: um the mastermind, in my opinion, is a much better card.
1: Yes, That's uh, it. and that whole argument we had, where it's like two or three mana, it bears out a hundred percent here. Where like two versus three mana is a lot. Yeah, and and flash, but yeah. But that's the funny thing to me is like I'm just looking at these and I'm like they're
0: cutting nothing personal. This player cut Murktide Regent for Sea Shark. Yep. <laughs> like what is going on? What are we doing here? <laughs> so I don't know. That's these it. it to me, it's just it's got to be experimentation. Oh my god, which I'm 100 percent on board with.
1: So again, so. we were just talking about this. We, have you looked at the sideboard yet?
0: Other than the two black cards,
1: there's that. fucking meltdown. Yep, your meltdown hits your own incubate. Yeah, tokens. I mean you'd almost have to take those out. I, you like like this, you'd have to. Yeah, swap them. Like yeah. again, you, you were talking about how like a lot of meltdowns decks are running runs meltdown. Everywhere. This deck is this deck, running deck meltdown. runs meltdowns. Yeah. Anywho, next up. No, there's two more things I want to talk about in this deck. Sure, two quick go ones. For it there is a predict a couple predicts to pair with mistress bobble and uh drc which is super awesome yeah um Bell pierce was i had one uh, no, that sorry that's my one i yeah I, I maybe was gonna just spell pierce so uh, well or, it does have
0: minor misstep minor as well. misstep
1: that's what so it has a couple minor missteps which we've seen uh delver playing with that tech um i've seen minor misstep kind of make i thought it was okay i always thought it was okay i wasn't in love with it but i always kind of thought it was okay um I saw a minor misstep get shit on a lot early, and it has quickly come around where people are. People are like, and it's exactly how I felt. Nothing feels better than getting to counter a brainstorm with a minor misstep because you want it, Everyone wants to counter brainstorm, and up until this point, there has been nothing. You, well, you have to throw a
0: really good card to fucking yeah. counter. Brainstorm. Now,
1: if you can, you can you can spell pierce it, and everyone appreciates spell piercing a brainstorm. But, like, what feels worse than late game? Where I got one card, you got no cards, and you top deck a fucking brainstorm. Wow, someone's back in this.
0: And the funny thing is, this is kind of like mental misstep. It runs into the same condition. The more people start playing minor misstep, the better, the it, gets. better it gets. Yeah. <laughs> so. so
1: minor misstep is still seeing a bit of play. That, that card really made a 180 in people's hearts, which I'm glad, because I think it's a I think it's a good card in the right deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do see them playing with predict. And it, I think predict top-aiding is relevant.
0: I think Minor Misstep just needs to draw a card as well.
1: Next deck. <laughs> no, I 100% disagree. Fuck blue. <laughs> yeah. They should make uh, They should make Black Misstep, yeah. where it does the same thing, except it draws a card.
0: Well, it just needs to be Thoughtseize. Thoughtseize, next Do- line of text. Draw a card.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, maybe Black might actually see some play. I'd play that. I'd play the fuck out of that. Hell yeah. But that's what it would to, take, dude. The first thing I do in Pioneer Here. is eight Thoughtseize.
0: Here's a card counter Thoughtseize, draw a card for one at instant speed. Oh, yeah, that seems like a good card. Yep, but no Thoughtseize drawing a card's too <laughs> big of a deal.
1: Hey, in fairness, Veil vale of Summer did get banned in most of the format. It was legal. <laughs> Well, because no one plays Thoughtseize, <laughs> that's because everyone's got Veil vale of Summer, <laughs> but no one plays Veil vale of Summer, so everyone, but. Well, yeah. I think what that says is Thoughtseize might not be a bad card. Right it's now, exactly it's the it's the Reanimator loop where it's like no one's playing Graveyard Hate, play Reanimator. Oh, Reanimator sucks because Graveyard Hate, then stop playing Reanimator. Bring your Thoughtseizes, guys. No one's playing Veil Summer.
0: Anywho, next up we've got Red White Initiative. Yep, second uh, initiative in the top eight. This one looks very similar to what we were seeing. Yeah, we've got the Chalice, the Chrome Mox, the Lotus Petals, the Simeon Spirit Guides, the Eight. This is very. Creatures. This is stompy. This is this is, this is very, almost that, stock that moon white stompy red. style. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we don't need to talk about it too much again. We already
1: have a billion yep. times. So hey, one blood moon on the side. It could literally be blood moon stompy. Yep. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and two magus. Come on, that's that's three moons. Yeah,
0: it has three moons. And I mean, that's what we talked about when the uh seasoned Dungeoneer got banned initially. Was like, that's what I said that. They should do. Yep. Now they haven't gone that way in the main deck, but like I was like, well, I mean, more you moons. lost a three drop, put yep. in a three drop prison piece that yep. just buys okay, you time. Well, to your four three drop. drop wins me the game on turn one. This one wins me the game on turn one. It's a lot. Of it's decks. not. It's not as. It, it's not as like uh, consistent.
1: Yep. But like, still really good. So, really, really good. Um,
0: <clears throat> instead, they just went. I'm just going to cast the initiative guy every
1: fucking game. Yep. Which is also a pretty good plan
0: hey look a mid-range deck
1: <laughs> this is the other one i saw that was like look how fucking mid-range this is and
0: again though like i get
1: Uro over merktide
0: it doesn't really over well, merktide makes sense in this for sure um the noble hierarch is what you don't normally see these makes
1: total sense to me look so I'm
0: it's well i was gonna say it's fine when you have something like or and whatnot it's just typically speaking you don't see mana dorks in these mid range piles, because they're the bad cards. The so mid range decks, traditionally speaking, yeah. don't want to ever draw a bad card. Noble Hierarch though has exalted and is rarely a bad card.
1: Yes, and I would say so. Why Noble Hierarch feels exactly what I want in this deck. We've got three Uro, two Narset, two Minskin Boo, three Sylvan Library, and three Fable the Mirror Breaker. Yeah. Our goal is absolutely to catapult to turn three, maybe turn four, but hopefully turn three. I want to be cat- on turn two. I want to Uro, Narset, Library, or Fable. I want to jump to my, what, six, my 11 three drops as soon as possible.
0: And then I've uh, I've played a lot of decks like this. There was a, um, it was in the Lorwyn, I don't remember if it was lore, Time Spiral Lorwyn, I think it was that, standard, where like, I basically built, uh, everyone was playing fairies, I was playing elves, <laughs> shocking, we I know, thought. but like. Traditionally speaking, a lot of elf decks almost always run mana dorks because yep. you're trying to accelerate. Well, what they did, as far as standard legal cards go, is they printed, one of them was Ren's Run Vanquisher, and I forget the other one, but they basically printed, print it, uh, it was Wolf Skull Shaman. Yep. They printed two two drops that, in my opinion, were as good as most three drops, so I cut all the Land war Elves out. Yep. I'm just like, I'm on turn two, I'm just going to already do that. Yeah. And it was really effective. Like, it was, like, I had a blast playing it. I was consistently doing well at, like, local tournaments with it and whatnot. It was so much fun, because uh, a lot of the, in lore when what they started experimenting one, that's around the time they started to really go with classes instead of races. So gotcha. you'd have an elf warrior or an elf, you know, oh, whatever.
1: Yep. Uh, uh, an ethnicity and a job, or whatever. It's like Basically. a race and a job. Is they race do and now. a job.
0: So, and they do that now. It's commonplace almost, you know, you got human cleric, right? Yep um because it used to just be elf
1: yeah didn't matter what he did
0: well they they started doing that and all the tribal stuff was like rogue or warrior or you know whatever um so i was running berserkers battle axe and this was like i think it gave plus three plus two but it auto-equipped to a warrior if i remember correctly oh my god that was so much fun to fucking play it was like plus three, plus two in haste. I oh, think. Jesus. So like, if I remember correctly, I could be misremembering. It's been fucking like 15 years. Yep. But like that deck was the most fun I've had in standard in my nice. entire life. And that was actually, oddly enough, the last standard I ever played. <laughs>
1: that was, you peaked. You... I peaked
0: and I was like, wow, this was really quit cool. while you're ahead. And then uh, if I remember correctly, they introduced Mythics and I protest quit. <laughs> <laughs> Now I've obviously come back and like yeah. played and whatnot, but I was like, "Fuck this!" Like yep, I'm, I'm still against mythics. It's bullshit. Yeah, but like they already had mythics; they were called foil rares. Yep. Now we have like mythics and then hyper. Well, but mythics.
1: now you have the you get the chance to also print extra powerful stuff without hitting with it's is it's the excuse it's the chance to print stupidly powerful stuff without hurting draft too much. The you use the right word. It's the excuse. Yeah. It's
0: the excuse is we don't want to quote fuck up the draft format yep. well you were doing it for mm, 20 years and everything was just fine yeah what the real reason was is we want to yep. milk people for more we Put want more them buy value more packs
1: yep we in want, order
0: to get the best cards
1: we want to we want to be able to make an uh a more rare version of a best card
0: right like when you've and this isn't, I'm not trying to be like, you know, the old dad who's like back in my day, but like when you've been playing Magic for almost all of its existence, yeah, you start to spot Wizards bullshit because yeah. you've seen it like they, four fucking times They now. do a lot of the same stuff
1: sometimes. <laughs> it's
0: just like, yep. And that's, that's all the current stuff is with all these different art prints and shit like that. It's just, and to be fair, they quite frankly, frequently just come out and say it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They uh, multiple times do the same stuff over and over and it's always it's it is it you you start to see the pattern so to speak
0: and the thing is it wouldn't even bug me as much if they were just like look guys we're a company we need to make more money yeah i know they don't don't. try to lie to me i don't want to be lied i i get it yeah there's no one in the world that gets it more that you need to make money in order to make magic 100 percent on board with that spent thousands of dollars on this game and i don't regret it
1: yeah don't fucking lie to me yeah especially bad
0: lies i know it's so stupid like it's Oh, this time when Morrow came out and said we put those in packs because they sell packs, that's the truth. This time when he says this excuse, oh, it's definitely not that case. It's like, yeah, dude, we know. Yeah. You need to sell packs. We get it. Yep. Just be like, yeah, it. we created another rarity because it sells packs. Yep.
1: We we had we had revenue goals to hit.
0: <laughs> right. Not fucking complicated.
1: Uh, but this legit mid-range deck. So like a min' minskin boo, Narsets. Um, so something cool here. So six forces. And whenever I say that like this, I'm like, you could totally support eight forces because you have the card advantage to support. The reason well, you they can't do run, have two in the side. And that's what I was going to say is, yep, <laughs> the only reason you're not running eight is because they're not good in every match. Yeah. Like six forces main, two in the side.
0: Yeah. Nothing feels better than forcing a card when your opponent has two cards in their hand and you have six. Yep. <laughs> you're just like...
1: I, I still like, have twice as many cards you do. Have you, seen you that do? meme where is it, who is it like sprinkling salt down his uh-huh. arm? Who is that? It's a, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of it Leonardo DiCaprio or whatever? I don't remember. I can't remember who it is, like he's just like sprinkling salt mm-hmm. down his arm. Like, hair eh, have some cod disadvantage, <laughs> eh. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, there's uh, it's very
0: similar to the like four color control lists we've seen, but with just leaning even harder into Whoa. that. Oh,
1: Did you know Sylvan Library got reprinted? That new Dominarium Master set, the printed Sylvan Library. Yeah. I didn't know that. I wonder how much my foil Sylvan Library lost in value. I don't know. It's okay. I like the, it's not the original art, but it's like the old uh, Corridor of Vines art. I like that a lot. I like it a lot.
0: I was so close to buying, I think it was Antiquities that it came out in. Oh, the original. I almost bought one for Marin like way back in the day. And it would have only been like, I think it was like 75 or 80 bucks.
1: Yeah, that was a miss. I'm like, shit. Yep. I had a dream one time where I went back in time, um, and I literally was like, oh, I'm here. I need to go by dual lands. <laughs> at, least, at least your subconscious knows to do like, it. My th- I, I had a thought process of like, I am back in time. I have knowledge of the future. I need to capitalize on this and help set myself up. And what's the best way to do it? Bitcoin. That I That I know how to. <laughs> Is go buy dual lands. Yeah. Go put my hands on, on a bunch of duels for 50 bucks a piece and put them in a binder and put a big sticker on it that says, Jake, don't sell these until 2025 or, or 2020, mm-hmm. whatever it was, 2021.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, you could make a fucking ton of money, especially on a,
1: like. I just, I would, what I would do is I would just go buy, I would just go buy every Black Border Lotus you could. And that's what people do now. But like, yeah. just go back in time and spend $10,000 on every Black Border Lotus you can. Yep. And then come back and sell them for $100,000 a piece. Problem
0: is, I let myself get talked out of doing stuff like that by other people.
1: Yeah. So oh, like, it sounds like a terrible idea. W- with without the knowledge, it's a terrible idea. Well, I've like
0: I've had Power Nine in my cart before. Like, yeah, I've had like the credit card number put in, and, and I'm just waiting backed, for a click.
1: And you backed out.
0: <laughs> and I mean, we're talking about like 15 years ago, where yep. I was like, "Yep, should have bought that." You know, should have. Yep. Uh, Emerald Jet or uh, uh jet medallion em- yeah jet mox jet-, jet mocks jet mox or emerald mocks,
1: like should have yeah. bought those
0: but whatever live and learn
1: yep anywho this deck sideboards kind of all over the place a couple it's- hydro blasts couple uh, pyro blasts and fuck- a lot of one-offs dude is it static caster
0: people would just stop playing that fucking card i'd appreciate it <laughs> 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 like quit it's a- respecting my deck Elves isn't in this top 32. <laughs> What's Fuck wrong with
1: It's just a three mana zero three with haste, and you can <laughs> tap it to ping a thing. So fucking annoying. It's Plague Engineer that
0: pitches a force. It's <laughs>
1: bullshit. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. What we got in eighth place? Eighth place. We've got another mid range
0: deck. So and now you can, this to me for sure is mid-range. The mid range card.
1: Baleful Strikes. Baleful Strikes. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, there's no fucking Delver Secrets in this deck, but we do still have Tarmogoyf. Just Tarmogoyf, worse,
1: just worse ice Fang Quaddle.
0: So, just saying, Tarmogoyf is in as many decks as DRC. Yep. And Caves of Chaos Adventurer and Seasoned Dungeon now, Master. Now, <laughs> I will say,
1: if Legacy becomes a mid-range format, my evaluation of Tarmogoyf does change. Because Tarmogoyf is a, probably a pretty good mid-range card. The problem is you couldn't play mid-range in, in Legacy for the last three years. Well, that's
0: nice. Goif, you, Goif, you got there. Take eight from Merck time. Yep.
1: Take eight from
0: Merck yeah. You're dead.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's trade. Wait, what's that? A five, six? Cool. I have an eight, eight. Yeah. Who's going to win this race? Yeah.
0: In the air. Well, the funny thing is, is if Baleful Strix gets popular, Goif's out the fucking window. Like. Yep. Anywho. So we've got Baleful Strix, Goif, Brazen Borrower, one Endurance, three Euro, a Grist, yep, two Narset, and then a whole bunch of spells.
1: Actually some really fun stuff in yeah. this um Hey, Thoughtseize. In this uh what's what's this uh what's this color combination Matt?
0: Uh Sultai.
1: Sultai in this Saltai list. So, yeah, um cuz they're good. Abrupt Decays. Yep, yeah, which we haven't seen in a long time. Nope, one Assassin's Trophy, also haven't seen in a little while. Check it out one Winter or er, Witherbloom command. Super which is another- good mid-rangey card mm-hmm. just produces about a card and a half worth of value. Uh, a couple snuff outs, one force negation for the with the four forces, like one minor misstep, one fatal push. This deck is all over the place. Yeah.
0: Really taking advantage of the brainstorm and the ponder yeah. selection. And the
1: same thing in the sideboard. I mean, you got uh things like run like two run afoul, one another one collector oof. Um 11 yeah. different cards in the sideboard. It Seeds looks like a barn sideboard. Yeah. It's uh, it's looking like a wish sideboard, but like I said get to get to abuse, brainstorm, ponder. Uh, Uro is going to be gener- generating. Uro and Goyf are helping you. Okay. Uro and Baleful Strix are helping you move through the deck. Yeah, just have this silver bullet style sideboard. where like, I'll just find the pe- I'll get the pieces I need. I like Baleful Strix and Goyf will hold the important things off, and I'll be able to get to the st- shit I need when I need it.
0: Yeah, I'm just happy to see some fucking thought seizes.
1: Yep. Shit. Yeah, that's how how bad how bad black is that like thought seats has been unplayable one of the most powerful cards ever printed
0: yeah and it's just
2: completely
0: unplayable. that good anywho that's our top eight so again I wouldn't say this is one I wouldn't categorize as necessarily eight
1: different decks no no you had because you had two initiative decks two you initiative had, that are real three-ish similar three-ish mid-range decks which yeah. are doing pretty I mean like all three of them had Uro pretty similar things a couple yeah, Delver decks a couple Tarmogoyves <laughs> yeah so. so happy about Goyf. I, uh, again, yeah, if, Del- if if we become mid range, then, like I said, I'm, then, then my opinion changes quite a bit. Here's, Go-
0: here's what's going to blow your mind. Are we becoming mid range because of Goyf? Because the no. fuck, Bolt's not good enough. No,
1: we're not. Oh, we're not. No. Happening. Uh, no. Happening. Dude, no. We have <laughs> Fatal Push, which is unplayable, but still good against it. And then we have Prismatic Ending and Swords Goif of Goyf is
0: single handedly make Black good against
1: No, no, we have swords of plowshares to deal with it, and we have prismatic ending now to deal with it. Goyf will never rule the day again. It will, however, be a a good, efficient two mana threat. And if if we live in a world, it's crept itself up to eighth place. If we live in a world of legacy where an efficient two mana threat is good enough, I think we're all happy there. We're, I'm happy. Yep, I'm happy. The uh, but yeah,
0: it's creeping up, it's the eighth most played creature. It's actually more plays in Merktide region.
1: there's more Goyfs.
0: There's more copies of Goyfs than
1: Merktide in this top thirty-two. Yeah.
0: So, anywho, metagame summary. This is gonna. We've got another other other is forty three percent of this top thirty-two.
1: Almost forty-four.
0: Yeah, fourteen of the top thirty-two. That's fantastic. Jeskai Stoneblade, which really underperformed uh i guess <laughs> just didn't manage a top eight anything But three of the it's the single highest categorized deck now yep. that's not actually realistically true but according to this number it is
1: yeah uh because you've got about 12 percent uh yeah. we're pro. we're more of a uh dungeoneer style deck and that yeah. though you're looking at what nine nine percent jessica stone blades so you have probably four ish yeah decks that are running those dungeoneer cards
0: yep um, then we got Death and Taxes, eight cast, and then a bunch of one of. So, yep. like, we've got 14 other decks. Then we've got, like,
1: what? seven ish more one ofs.
0: More than that. Uh, one, two, three.
1: I'm like 12. 11. 11. Yeah. Yep. And, and things like Ad Nauseum Tendrils, Arclight Phoenix. There's a five color Zenith. Uh, what else? The Doomsday made it.
0: Rug Cascade.
1: Uh, yep. And <laughs> nice. And Rhinos. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. There's some. legacy's great guys like i said i'm actually super excited i've been putting some lists together of decks i plan on i'm gonna get my rental account turned back on and i'm gonna start renting decks and fucking around again this looks like fun yeah it's a great time to be a legacy player
0: it is i uh, couldn't agree more uh most played cards force of will brainstorm ponder lotus petal and swords to plowshares
1: brainstorm still 53 percent of decks Yeah, that's
0: not gonna go anywhere (laughs) um top creatures fairy macabre solitude Simeon spirit guide <laughs> what the fuck stone is this? Forge mystic yep there's those uh stone blade decks yep and there's a little bit of death and taxes in there as well and then caves of chaos adventure which is also tied with drc what the fuck? which is also tied with seasoned engineer this
1: is so crazy
0: <laughs> so uh then top spells forceful brainstorm ponder lotus petal swords splashers
1: so that's nice. legacy looks fantastic yeah looks freaking awesome Okay, let's go through Modern. It's going to be a little shorter this week. Um,
0: Which we say literally every, every week. <laughs>
1: week. We're about an hour and 15 minutes in. Uh, I'll tell you the Modern it'll probably be a relatively quick Modern uh, discussion. So one of the reasons we're taking next week off is we're a little burned out. I've been feeling it the last few weeks. So let's wrap this episode up with in first place Cristiano number 7 with Rakdos Scam. The nice thing about talking about Modern is most of these decks don't need a whole lot of in-depth discussion because there's not a lot of crazy stuff going on. Like Rakdos Scam. Um, The newest thing here is a single Blood Tithe Harvester. Yep. Which, in my opinion, is a terrible card in this deck. It's a two mana, three, two that makes a blood token when it comes in, and you can potentially kill something with it. Um, You can sack it to, you can tap it, sack it to give a creature minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is twice the number of blood tokens you have. But realistically, you can only have one.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't look like the rest of the deck gives you blood tokens, does yeah, it? I no. went through and checked.
1: And so you could <laughs> technically feign death it to maybe kill a thing and have it come back and make a second blood token. And don't get me wrong, the blood token is not to be ignored. Yeah. it's um, There's a reason Rakdos is the most popular deck in Pioneer, um, and Grixis slash Rakdos is the most popular deck in Standard. Mm-hmm. Blood Tithe Harvester is a... Like a four of in the best deck in Standard and Pioneer by a long shot. Say,
0: that card is legitimately, it's a very good card.
1: Yes. Just because not... a two mana 3-2 that can kill things outside of combat is great. And it just also gives you filtering of blood tokens. Blood mm-hmm. tokens are amazing. Uh, When you get to a state where you have extra mana, blood tokens are an amazing thing to have lying around. I tell you, as someone who plays a lot of Standard and Pioneer, nothing feels better than getting to like... Go on turn five or six or whatever. We're kind of stalling out a little bit, and just like and crack two or three blood tokens and discard three lands. Yep,
0: trash, trash, trash. Cool. Yeah, I have a full hand.
1: Yeah, like just just it's it feels like <laughs> brainstorming them away. Now obviously it costs more. Maybe just the ability to be like end of your turn. I'll crack this blood token. I'm gonna discard the swamp and draw. Oh, cool, a season pyromancer. Like it just it's the the value is really there. Um, you still have your ragavans, your doffies, your season pyromancers. Griefy Fury. Sorry to finish what I was saying. I, however, don't think it's that good in this deck. I don't think it's modern playable. Uh, Your your spells. You do have some kind of new pickups. Three Sheldred's Edicts, which I do really like. Um, The cool card. Yep. I believe this is coming in. I know. I think we. It's the one we saw last week. I believe last week we saw the Edict Battle. Yeah. And I shit all over it. Yeah. And well,
0: that one's a sorcery, right? It's it's a sorcery. It's a battle,
1: and. It's Until just, they start giving battles flash, shush. It's just creatures or planes. it's creature or planeswalker. They choose, mm-hmm. and you know, the number one thing to make a card weaker in magic is give your opponent choices. And so, like, the first thing I compared it to, and I was like, if I'm gonna run this, why wouldn't I just run Shelter's Edict? Where the card on the back, in my opinion, and again, I've actually played with it quite a bit. I uh, I got a new deck for standard that runs it actually, runs. it runs one of those. Yeah. I have played that, I've probably played that, you know, 10 10, 12 times. And I flipped it once and never made the mistake again. Just a waste of time. Waste of time. There have been several times where uh, the edict was great. Edicts can be great. Like there've yeah. been. Well, edicts it's yeah. a good effect. Yeah. yeah, it is. There's been a couple times where like they slam an obliterator, and I'm like, nice obliterator, bud. Why don't you sacrifice it? Take yeah. eight. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, yeah, they ed- and I they it's it's getting switched out for a shielded edict. The number like the edict part has been phenomenal. I flipped it literally one time, immediately regretted it. Cause like, cause it like a it, it, it got swept up on a board wave or something. I forget. What does the edict one flip into? Sweeps into a two one with menace. Oh yeah, I remember, Yeah. That gets a plus one plus one counter at the end of your turn if a permanent was put into a graveyard. So it, it has synergies, especially like Fable the Mirror Breaker, where you can like discard a land or whatever. Yeah. Like, but it's a fucking two one with menace that in if in three turns, if you enable it, can be a five three. It's dumb. It. And what to do that, your opponent probably get your opponent gained like four life. Mm -hmm. I said, I flipped it one time and I was absurdly ahead. I think I still won and I regretted it immediately. Cards awful. Just run Sheldra's Edict Um, and two Culligan's Command, which I've actually been picking up and playing a little bit in Modern or in Pioneer. I love Culligan's Command. I also love Culligan's Command. Just like such a good, solid two for one. I love it. You're always you're always coming out ahead. Three mana, but you're always coming out ahead.
0: Yeah, when Checkpile was snapping back
1: Culligan's commands, that felt like shit yeah. beyond the receiving end of that. Yep. Um, two Blood Moon in the main, and then in the side, in fairness, you do have the ability to Blood Tithe Harvester pair with uh, Fable the Mirror Breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, argue- now in, I'll say in standard, one of the most powerful things you can do in standard as far as a value thing, where like. Because fable the mirror breaker can make a copy of your blood tithe harvester. Mm-hmm. The copy has haste, makes a blood token, and you can sack it to kill a thing. Yeah, I was I call it like a machine gun. You can start just machine gunning things. Yep. But like neither of those things. The reason there's it's so or everyone knows it's so strong, and that's the reason they never live. N- these cards never live together. Fable the mirror breaker never lives anyway. Uh, as far as the rest of your sideboard, you get chalice engineered, couple uh, push thought sees hearse, uh, the rest of your blood moons, and some hit consumes all. Another card we called. I tell you what, we have we have some misses here and there, but we're starting to accumulate a bit of a track record with like, hmm, I was pretty sure that card would be good. Yep. And it sure well, was. The, fu- then, the funny thing was,
0: or is, all you have to do is just make a lot of predictions, wait a year, and yep. only bring up the ones you got Oh, right. absolutely.
1: <laughs> we call it the Nostradamus effect. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no one acknowledges he made like 30,000 guesses. Yeah. Like yeah, no shit, he got yeah. a couple right. Yep, couple of them came right. Hundreds or thousands of years later. So let's see, he was an awesome
0: like a uh, prophet, right? Did he did he predict cell phones
1: or the internet? No. Okay, nope. cool. Because well, those are that like the biggest things. And like I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to shit on anyone's beliefs here, but that's like, when's the last time you read the headline "psychic wins lottery"? Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was a dude who won the lottery a bunch because he had actually figured out like I forget the details, but he had figured out what they were doing like if he were the numbers not selected randomly it was either that or the odds were so like the odds were playable so like he just kept buying them yep and like they won on the odds but the odds actually outweighed his cost so like you know if it's one in 500 and you put 500 bucks
1: in but you win 800 bucks yep if you do that enough it's like buying boxes of magic cards. Yeah, right? that's how that's how you make money with things. It's like, yeah, it's on the numbers you're going to win. Yeah. Like if you went to a if you went to a slot machine and for every $1000 you put in, you'll make $1100, you, you can become together. a millionaire. Yep. You just put in $1000 infinitely. He
0: did that and he didn't actually get in trouble? Like he got to keep all his money? Yeah. But they changed the <laughs> They yep. changed it. They're
1: like, "Oh shit, someone figured this out." <laughs> Have you seen uh the old show? I think it's like Double Whammy. Mhm. It's an old. Uh, it's an. Uh, actually, I, I can make a more poignant reference. Uh, you've seen Prices Right? Yeah, for sure. You, have you heard the episode of the dude who guessed the prices exactly?
0: Ye, they, yeah, I remember. I didn't There's watch a who, it, but I remember he hearing final,
1: He guessed the final showcase to the dollar, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, he
0: got like literally everything right, right. He
1: guessed everything to the dollar, and at the time, um, oh gosh, who uh, Drew Carey was hosting, and I believe it was Price is Right. Is Prices Right the one where they spend the? Yeah, that's Prices Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, you can watch it and he's like super blasé about it. And I've I've seen this story a couple of times where everyone, he was super sure the guy was cheating. And so he just kind of written off the episode. We're like, this isn't making it to the air. This dude's fucking cheating. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they use the same items with the same prices over and over again. It's so obviously a very large yep. catalog. It's obviously a very large catalog of items, but it's the same items and the same prices. And he just memorized them. He took the time and memorized all of them and fucking hosed them that's awesome yep
0: the funny thing is if you win the prices right you actually don't win that much money No. Well, like but it's cool it is cool and don't get me wrong it is, sh- it is,
1: but it's not like who's be a millionaire
0: yeah it's not like oh i like if you got everything you're probably <laughs> walking out of there pushing 50 grand yep in like total stuff like if you got the the best like showcase challenge and a car yeah. That you won earlier, you're probably looking at yeah. about 50 grand.
1: Have you this is fucking tangent city now. Have you heard the Nick Swordson bit on uh Wheel of Jeopardy? Mm-mm. Where he's like <laughs> he's talking about this shit and he's like, and it's the Wheel of Jeopardy still has a uh, a wedge worth 200 dollars Right. It's like inflation there, has not it's, 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 is, like, like, is that what he talks like, about? Yeah, he's no, like, yeah, he's like, is there fifty ends so I can make some <laughs> fucking money on the show? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, $200 is what you guess is there 20 Ls cuz I need to <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about like there's there's fucking like the brief, uh what's the briefcase show where you can wa- you can mm-hmm. win a million dollars and shit. <laughs> it's like is there any Ls? 1 L. Here's your 200 bucks. Cool. I could have just gone to work today. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shit, I'm down I'm money cuz they don't
0: actually pay for your hotel. Oh, <laughs> That'd shit. That'd be hilarious.
1: All right. Uh second place, actually a really cool list to see in second place. Boros Burn yeah. is back in modern. Uh Goblin Guide, Monastery Mentor, and then all the burn cards you exact expect. Exact
0: same list that we see. Oh, uh, to be fair, Thunderous Wrath doesn't often see play because it's very
1: yep. like, it's, low
0: mean, floor, high ceiling.
1: Yeah, really low floor. Cause like the again, there's literally no setting this up. That's you've got two, it's four mana. Or sorry, it's a six mana. Four red red for an instant deals five damage to a creature or player, but you can miracle it for one.
0: Yeah. You have to have literally half your lands in your deck in play to cast this. Yep. There's 12 mana producing lands in this yep. deck.
1: You have to top deck it. You have to, and what? don't forget, like, I, it's easy to say, like, oh, you always want to do it. Not always. Like, you have to top deck it in a situation where you want to do it. Yeah, And I, I... As someone who's played plenty of good Miracle cards, there are situations where you top deck your Miracle cards and you're like, I don't want to do. I had a good plan. Yeah. This and The sequencing here doesn't work.
0: And a lot of times what that boils down to to me is like they have like I want to go to the you really kind of want to go to the face with Thunderous Wrath. Yeah. But like it's not bad, but it sucks when you had to like you Miracle it and you had to kill Del- Delver of Secrets with it. Yep. And you're like, I'm not upset but I really wish, yeah, huh, that I hadn't just burnt the one. Yeah, it's I, like all you did was you're like, oh cool, I have a lightning bolt. Yep, which again is not bad,
1: but you're playing a, you're playing a dangerous game there. Yep, I say I, again, I'm not saying those will happen often, but it's, I but here, I would, here. I mean, <laughs> um, a thunderous wrath sucks. Like. <laughs> Mir- <laughs> miracle effects take away choices. They give yep. you they give you power, but they take away some of your options, and that's always something to kind of, um consider the costs in that whenever a card takes away some of your choices yeah the the
0: only time I've seen thunderous wrath actually perform well is when the deck is built around it so like um, like an there's is it more deck? yeah there's like more in popper there's more aggressive is it decks yeah that kind of cut some of the like fairy shenanigans and whatnot and run just more burn yep and one of the builds uses like ponder and brainstorm
1: to set, to up. set
0: up thunderous wrath yep and those are cool yeah because like when you have four of them and well, you can like, just kind of keep a thunderous wrath around, like yeah. brainstorm,
1: like how often do you see a um, a miracle spell in a deck without Brainstorm or ponder? Right, because it's just they're just weird odds to play, guys. Like to have these really overcosted. Let's be honest, shitty cards that yeah. are great in a specific narrow scenario of you draw it for the first card this turn. Now this deck does only draw one card a turn, so that's relevant. But I personally would probably rather have something like lightning Helix. Again, you you know me like floor versus ceiling. I don't care. I, I value a a medium floor over a high ceiling. Does that Well, that- that's all burn is
0: anyway, so I don't know.
1: Yeah. But hey, it pulled it pulled weight today. Anywho, um the rest of the deck though is is pretty pretty standard. Nothing crazy going on here in the main or the side. Uh next up in th- You know what they I would rather honest to god rather
0: have the fucking the bad shock invasion. I'd rather have that than Thunderous
1: Wrath. Like Yep, yeah, the, the the Dragon one, the yeah. invasion of Tarkir.
0: Now, I'm not saying I would rather have
1: there's that actually, over Lightning heal. There's actually a better one than that. But um I'd rather have one of those. There's a three mana one. I can't remember who was talking about it in our Discord, and I'm so sorry. Um please, when you hear this, call me an idiot and tell me why on Discord. Uh there's a three mana one. I can't remember what it's called. It's actually seeing play in Standard Burn, and it's it's pretty good. Yeah. It's three mana, four damage to face, one damage to a target creature. And then it flips into... How much does it take to kill? uh, I think it's either four or five. Gotcha. But it flips... What it flips into is actually... I I think it it might be four. Regardless. It flips into, I think, a four-four. I believe it has prowess. And it has... Whenever a non-creature spell would deal damage to something, it deals that plus two. Fair enough. And I've gotten fucked in the ass (laughs) by that a lot on Arena. Um. That's one of those. So that's, that's one turns cards, lava spikes into thunderous. Right? It um, like that's one of those that legitimately pays for flipping it. Yeah, that's the ha- that. A lot of times, if like, that
0: doesn't immediately die, you're in deep shit.
1: Yes, it exactly. It well, it's effectively it turns every non-creature
0: spell into fucking lightning bolt. Dude, it turns
1: shock into better lightning bolt.
0: Right. Well, like if it does, it already like so it already does two more, and it gives a prowess trigger. Yeah. Like just
1: it, casting shock gives you shock. Yeah. Plus lightning bolt. It's it's like that's one of them that. In the right deck, thoroughly pays for its spot, a hundred percent. Someone I hadn't seen it, and someone talked about how they've been playing it in. Oh, I can't remember what deck. I'm so sorry, guys. But I was like, oh, you know, whatever. Kind of sounds okay. And then I played against it in standard, which is different, and yeah. burn. And I was like, oh shit, oh shit, that's worth a turn. Yeah. For reference, in standard, they used to play mechanized production in that spot. Mm-hmm. I think it's mechanized production or mechanized something. But it was a. It's one three three for an enchantment, and it says your red perm your red things do one extra damage. Oh, gotcha. Yep. And that's way fucking better. That three mana spell is way fucking better.
0: Well, the nice thing is, it's frequently going to be in in this kind of format. A for warfare, one. like three mana for a two for one, isn't the worst rate.
1: For reference, in standard, it's rarely well.
0: Well, I mean, I'm I'm talking about in modern. Like, if it was going to replace oh, Thunderous gotcha. Wrath, because like the odds of you ever actually casting Thunderous Wrath yeah. for six are approaching zero. Very close. Which is the whole point of the deck. Like, if you're casting it, like, you're kind of in a bad spot anyways. Yep. Which, hashtag, reprint Fire Blast. Yep. That would be fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. It's a lot easier to just throw two mountains in somebody's face. Sure is. (laughs) Anywho. So, like, but getting to three, it's not something you want to do, but it's something like you get to three and that card sits in your hand for a couple turns, but you can, like, dome them, pick off a fucking Ragavan, and then... Flip it and it turns into a very real threat.
1: Yeah, it's like I uh, as opposed
0: to maybe getting to cast a
1: really cool lightning bolt. A lot more respect for that battle. I said I don't remember what it is, but it's three mana, etv, four damage to face, one damage to a creature, and then it flips into a fucking monster. Those battles are going to be if it if it becomes a regular thing like
0: sagas or yeah stuff like that. They're going to be annoying because eventually, like they're they're riding oh, le-
1: the line. Yeah, like, like well, eventually they're going to print a fable of mirror breaker. It's going to yeah. be legitimately broken. Yeah,
0: like well, I mean. Uh, we didn't talk about it. There's two in the Legacy Challenge. There's two uh, Invasion Delvers in the top 32. We yep. didn't talk about them because they didn't top eight. Yeah, but like that's still around. Yep. We've already with their
1: first run of these. We've already printed. It's not one immediately that's unplayable. Correct. Which most, which 90% of cards that get printed in Legacy are immediately unplayable.
0: Correct. And this is at least jumped that. Yep. Now again, we talked about you know there's plenty of experimentation going yeah. on in Legacy, and that's fine. Probably won't see long-term play, yeah. but like, I mean, this think is about the it. first
1: one. It's arguably if that card
0: had flash. Hundred
1: oh, yeah. percent, it sees play. Think of, in my way. What I'm saying is, think about it. It's arguably better or worse than Thunderous Wrath. In a is it Delver shell with Brainstorm, <laughs> that's right? When you can brainstorm Thunderous Wrath, it might be better the to do that. The funny thing
0: is, I've actually fucked around with that a little bit when I first built Blue Red Delver because I wanted to try it. It's not that good. It's just flat <laughs> out not that good. Yeah. Like it's setting better, up for five damage. Like, as far as like legacy goes. Obviously in Popper, oh, again, yeah. even in Pop the funny thing is, even in Popper, it's not that good. Like nobody like the top eights that people are going, nobody's top eighting with Thunderous Wrath. At least they haven't recently that I've been yep. paying attention to. But like it just like you do all this setup. The fact of the matter is. Five to the face on a spell, like taking a card to do that, just isn't is that good. Gotcha. Like, it's fine. Like, if it's they're a five and you're like, ha I won the game. It's a miracle. Cool. Yeah. If you're putting in your the effort 90% and of leaving time. fucking Thunderous Wrath on the top of your deck with your Brainstorm, as opposed to like windmill slamming DRC and beating them to death. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, cards in Magic do so much more than just take three. Like I yep. mean, that fundamentally—that's why burn. I know, but like but yeah. in principle, like that's why burn. In my opinion, is just getting phased out. Is just getting phased out because look at these cards. All they have one line of text.
1: Yeah, lightning like, bolt deal three damage to a compare target. lava spike to DRC
0: to fucking Ragavan. It's legal in the same format. Yeah, which you would go. you rather play?
1: Yeah, I mean, Ragavan probably. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yep. Who
0: do you think, on average, does more damage in a game, a lava spike or a Ragavan?
1: Yeah, probably a Ragavan.
0: Right for one mana. Yep, and. Doesn't like turn one lava spike. Cool, you're cool now. There's a solid chance that card did nothing that entire yep. game.
1: Yep. Whereas turn one ragavan, there's always like a you can eye just ro- win you the game. There's an eye roll and a sigh where it's like fuck. This is the game we're playing. It's answer ragavan or lose. Yep. Because I kept a hand that didn't answer ragavan. I now I'm immediately behind one to three turns. Right.
0: It's why we're always so happy to see burn do well. Yep. Because quite frankly, burn shouldn't really be being played in modern anymore yep it's just outclassed cards don't do enough
1: yes this next deck i've seen spike play a lot and i'm in love with this deck is so much fun to just i haven't got to play it but it looks like so much fun to play so this (laughs) hey it's that card that
0: beat the shit out of you at pioneer the other week
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is so this is the this is um yeah i can see why you'd like this timeless lotus vigor amulet of vigor so it's an amulet of vigor deck just like titan except your payoff is either door of, door to nothingness is it the Wooberg, Wooberg, win the game door to nothingness door i think so yeah it's either door to nothingness as a top end or Emrakul as a top end. Yeah, fair enough. And both of them have great situations. I've seen situations where they one Convenient sucks and one's
0: Convenient gra- costs 15 and Timeless Lotus taps for five.
1: <laughs> yep, it works out really well. Um, uh, Door to Nothingness, I think, is five. And then it costs Wuburg Wooburg, so it's 15 again. So this deck revolves around uh, getting as many aimlet of Vigors as possible, very similar to uh, Titan, aimlet Titan, but we're not tightening. Instead, our creature payoff is going to be Golos. Mm-hmm. So you think like a boreal grazer, Azusa, tons of extra land drops. You've got th- is there a door nothingness in the side? I didn't even look. I don't. There's not. Okay. Um, you've got four a of vigor and four mycosynth gardens to support it. Four Urza Saga to catch to go grab your uh vigors, and you're gonna just basically slam as much fucking mana as you can and start Golosing. Golosing. Uh, I believe they use it. Two Lotus fields in the side as well. So all these cards that just have insane amounts of synergy with multiple amulets. And so mm-hmm. I've seen this deck. It's okay with one, it's decent with two, and it really starts flying with three amulets. So once you have three amulets of vigor, which isn't the hardest thing considering you kind of have eight. Yeah. Um, you know, one amulet, and then you go get another you make another, you make Mycosynth gardens into another one or cast a second one.
0: Ancient Stirring's one out
1: of your deck at some point. Ancient Stirring finds them. Uh, Storm the festival, I believe, also finds them, which I know it's six mana, but like this deck makes yeah. a lot of mana.
0: Well, and that's one of the two cards you get.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so. and so um, the list revolves. So the, the list revolves around. So you've got a couple Microsynth, or you got a couple um, Amulet of Vigors out. You all have all the bounce lands that come in, and you know they come in tap. They make two mana, so you can play them tap two, tap two. Ideally, you would like play a Golos, go get a Lotus Field. Let's say you you got three amulets. So Lotus Field comes in. You're gonna let's say you're gonna you're gonna sack it. Well, you float nine mana real quick. Hopefully you you have the ability to spend Golos or or those nine mana are gonna cast your Timeless Lotus. Timeless Lotus comes in, untaps three times. So now you got 15 mana. Let's spend Golos a few times and let's just see what we fucking hit. And if you hit Storm the Festival. Storm the festival can hit more timeless lotuses and more uh Microsynth gardens, or uh you can you could spin it and just and hit ancient stirrings. Go find another timeless lotus, or you can you could heaven you could hit Emercool and like you just start spinning Golos, and unless you get unlucky because RNG can get you, you just spin Golos and play your deck. Yeah, like that's the way the deck wins is you just play once your once you fucking start deck.
0: going you pretty much yep. off to race. Off and
1: the race on top race. of all of that, you've also got Karn the Great Creator. Where Karn gets pretty fucking good when you can just do Karn and have 10 mana left over. So you have this huge wishboard of yeah, basically you could chalice of the void for five. Answers. <laughs> yeah, you could. You can chal you can Karn wishboard for um for five. For five. For <laughs> yes. answers to problems. Or if your Emrakul isn't gonna do it, like it, I mean, let's if they've got a fucking uh, bridge from below or not bridge from below, but Ensnaring Bridge, you also can just go get a uh they're not running walking ballista. Like, no, you can go get a walking ballista and walking ballista to the death. Like generating 40 mana is not that fucking hard. Yeah. The watching Spike play it, I saw him multiple times have six amulets out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So spending five mana on a lotus or cheating it into play generates what five times or six times 30 mana. Nice. Like the like mana becomes a joke very, very quickly. Now, there's obviously lots of ways to interact with these decks and to stop them, but it's a very powerful deck. I saw him win. Um, I've seen him win on turn two before turn three Thanks. or I, I don't, maybe it was turn two. It was definitely turn three a couple times. And I, I don't think it, I no, I don't think it, I don't think he did a turn two, but turn three a couple of times.
0: Handle. Yeah. You'd have to go what? Like grazer.
1: It helps when you have multiple great, like you can go like grazer into Asusa, into, uh, into Golos, Golos into Lotus field to get to six, six into Vic amulet to get, and then some kind of payoff spell like, and, uh, or, well, that actually what that does, that might <clears> let you <throat> spin golos a few times and goals can anything. His list was, was a bit different. He was running, um, the Alara battle, yep, which is a really obviously insane hit. He was also running escape to the wilds, which was, it's five mana, but you exile the top, like four cards, four or five cards. You can play them until you end of your next turn. And you get an extra land drop this turn. So it just turned to the deck. It just turned and turned and turned to the deck. And like I said, it found Emrakul or in this case, uh, he didn't run Karn, but Karn for Ballista and end the game on the spot. This deck looks so much fun to play. It looks so awesome to play, and then and it wins every time it wins. It has no lands in play. I just <laughs> love that. It's so cool to me. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, that looks like a really fun deck that nothing I nothing
0: like infinite mana, no lands,
1: infinite mana, no. Yeah, um, the next deck in fourth place is another deck I would love to play. This is Mono Black Coffers in like a, or in a modern. So, obviously, you're abusing the age-old combination of Urborg, Tomb of Yawgmoth, and Cabal Coffers. And then just making absurd amounts of mana. Like, you're casting legit Invoke Despair. And in, look, Thoughtsies. Like, look, Professor Onyx.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just these crazy expensive cards. Five, the new five mana Sheldren. Um, Just these huge, super expensive black spells. Because, again, mana becomes irrelevant. You start having multiple Cabal Coffers. You're tapping for 6, 12. Now I have 20 mana. What am I going to do with 20 mana? I don't know. I'm going to cast Bolas of Citadel. And then Invoke Despair. And then March of Wretched Sorrow and Gain 10 Life. Right. Like There's just so much to do with these decks. Um, you do have a Karn and a Karn Wishboard, as you'd expect. Uh, the one Professor Onyx, which is really cool to see. No one plays this card. I played it a bit in Pioneer. It's a really cool card, in case no one knows what it does, because it's not played anywhere. Uh, Six mana, four black black for a Planeswalker Liliana. She's a a type now. Uh, Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So you get that little, you get Tendrils of Agony every time you cast a spell, which allows you some great reach with this deck. Well, one, great reach to just kind of end the game just by going through your deck, and... It does pair really well with Bolas the Citadel, where you cast stuff from the top. Maybe you pay two life to cast it, but then you gain two life casting it. Obviously, it keeps it going. Yep. Pay one. You lose one life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Phenomenal plus one. Drawing a card with selection. Minus three. Each opponent sacks a creature with the greatest power. So, pretty good edict. And then minus eight. Each opponent may discard a card. If they don't, they lose three life. Repeat this process six times. <laughs> six more times. Yeah. So, obviously, and it's, and there's no cards in their hand. If you find a way to ultimate her, the game's over. She's back to that. Went back to that. If a Planeswalker... If this Planeswalker ults, you lose on the spot. Yeah. Um. Some other, like, Damnation. Uh. And You, have, uh, you do have a full eight Thought Seizes with four Inquisition to Kozilek, four legit Thought Seize. Fatal Pushes, Blood Chief's Thirst, lots of removal, because this deck is definitely late game like this deck does this deck does almost nothing yeah i mean there's two creatures in it. <laughs> yeah this deck is doing almost nothing on the board for a while but then it does everything at once uh, oblivion stone um stuff like that i we're gonna be done soon 30 minutes later uh next up we're gonna let last three decks really quickly uh crashing footfalls really easy to talk about that one it's footfalls uh two fury in fairness, this one, talk about it a little bit. The creature suite of this one is, is very condensed for a footfalls list. You've only got two Brazen Borrower, four four Shardless Agent, three Merktide, and two Fury. A very condensed creature suite. No subtleties, no bone crusher giants, nothing else in there except just some just some standard, kind of like mid rangey creatures. And then you've got your spells that you're crashing footfalls and the, the mid or the the dead and Gones, the mystical disputes, the violent outbursts. And the
0: eighth place list is almost card for card identical.
1: Yep. Uh, sixth place we have Indomitable creativity. Um, the most interesting thing going on in this creativity list is a full four Archon and four persists. So you've got four creativity, no transmogrify and four persists. This is the list that I honestly have no idea why you'd run this list without persist. It makes no sense to me. You have outlets to discard your Archons cause they're completely dead in your hand. Run some persists, get them back. Um, you were going to bring it up Ren and Realmbreaker, they've got two of those in this list yes so uh, four Ren and six two Ren and Realm Breaker uh, this card got a lot of hype when it got spoiled I maintain the card isn't very good I, I, think, I think we talked about it because it, it blew the internet up how good this card is yeah. and like it nothing about it felt good to me it's it's ultimate's good but like most ultimates are and when's the, when's the last time you ulted a Planeswalker it doesn't happen very often so Ren and Realm Breaker in case you don't know one green green for a four loyalty planeswalker, which is high. Uh, it has the static ability, basically chromatics lantern. All your lands tap for one man of any color. Um, I need to click on it because these words are because there's so many freaking words on it. Well, and there's art behind the words. Yeah. It's so, hard to read. so the plus one is up to one land you control, becomes a three-three elemental creature with vigilance, hexproof, and haste until your next turn. It's still a land. It does not untap. That's relevant. Uh minus two is mill three cards. You may put a permanent card from among the milled cards into your hand, which is terrible. And minus seven, you get an emblem with you may play lands and cast permanent spells from your graveyard, which is phenomenal. So yeah, if you can come in and ultimate it, it's great. Otherwise it sucks. Like the ability to make a three, three dude out of one of your lands is okay, but your effect, if you're, if you're planning on using that to attack or defend Ren, you're strip mining yourself for a turn. Super relevant. Milling three cards and putting one of those cards into your hand that is a permanent is very narrow and has the high chance of whiffing. Uh, unless you might, you might hit lands and that's could be relevant, but you're not you're getting like <clears throat> it isn't mill three and put the put a yeah. card from your graveyard. It's, like the big thing there is like that to
0: me is what makes this card have to be played in specific decks, not just any deck. Yeah, Or, like a lot of like three mana planeswalkers.
1: Well, the the you like. The immediate comparison is Tyvar. Yeah. The new Tyvar says, I think, mill two, but then you can return a creature from your graveyard, main of value two or less. Yeah. Like, you don't have to hit a card. Your, your, oh, your, whatever, your, your wall you wanted died. Your wall of omens died last turn. Cool. I'll mill and get my wall of omens back and draw a card. Yep. Like, you don't have to worry <laughs> about hitting something. And then minus seven, like I said, the emblem is probably going to win the game. Something that is noticeable, notable. You can, uh, ultimate. Ren the Realm Breaker and then recast it from the graveyard.
0: Yeah, well, the other thing that's this is one of the things. So, like, I think you and I did, agreed about ninety-five or ninety-nine percent on this card. Um, the one thing to note against it that you can also do is you can still ultimate Ren the Realm Ren and Realm Breaker and then fucking lose next turn. Yep, <laughs> like, game doesn't end. The game doesn't end. It doesn't even. It helps you and it, it gives you. It draws you a bunch of cards. Yep. So. You're still limited it doesn't even say you can cast them for free. You still just have to cast the cards in your graveyard.
1: Yeah. It's one of those, it's like So you basically have an infinite hand. It's another it's another like kind of like Remblem where like the Ren and Six emblem, you're gonna win the fucking game. If it was a game you could win. It, yeah, if it was gonna go long. Yeah. If 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 you ultimate this Ren and the game is winnable, you will win. Because the the, the options you have is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But you might just die to Murktide next turn. Yeah. <laughs> so the other card that we're seeing get played, um, which is interesting, is Invasion of Ergamon. So, one uh, red, green, two mana, battle. Um, when Invasion of Ergamon enters the battlefield, create a treasure token. Then you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. Uh, this card's okay. <laughs> it does flip into a four or a three-four trample when Truga Cliff Charger, the creature. Enters the battlefield. You may discard a card. If you do, search your library for a land or battle card. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. That's okay. Uh, and it has five health. It's five damage to kill that. Now, in fairness, you know it dies to, uh, or you can just uh, you can just kill it with a uh, archon. But like, well, to me that what really? this card
0: is in here for is it makes a treasure token which you want. Yep. And it loots what you want. Yep. And it's all on one card. Yep. Like the odds that they're ever going to flip this zero almost zero like why would you bother
1: yeah i don't understand i don't know a situation where you're dedicating five damage to this yeah six because your only creature attacks is a six yep. six
0: so you're dedicating a full attack to make a three four yep but it yep. is it now. does what the front to me i look at this and i go well the front's good for this deck it's oh i'd say it's okay Making a treasure well, is okay. That's why there's two. of Like, what I yeah. mean is, like, there's two of them. It's a good, like... Yep. Well, making a treasure in this is what the deck wants to do, because that's what gets you your fucking... You, it can get you there. Yeah. Well, you need an artifact to or combo creature. off with. Yeah, I know, but, like, yeah, it doesn't run any creatures. It's the same type of effect. Like, yeah, it's,
1: but it's, I think, I... Well, yes. Yes. um I think the way more powerful card for that is Dwarven Mine is the most powerful enabler. Yeah, but for, you've already got four. And double creativity. So, yep, that's true. This gives you <laughs>
0: this gives you more two more, and it loots. Well, yep. it rummages. Rummages.
1: It yeah. rummages one.
0: Yeah, but um, rummaging one on top of that treasure, you go cool. It does. It does. its does it media. It does it like in a mediocre way. Yep. But it does what this deck wants to do, which is make some random fucking artifact and
1: and find dig a little creativity. Deeper. And yep. you do have the the, the increased energy, which makes sense, pumping up to four persists. You have the increased energy of when you're rummaging. <laughs> You yep. can rummage into a persist and just persist an Archon. Yeah.
0: So that, that to me, that card as like a one to three of or whatever makes perfect sense in this deck.
2: Eh.
1: <laughs> it If it was going to find a home, this is for sure. The it, Ren
0: and the Realm Breaker to me is like a way more iffy card than yep. this, I unless I'm missing something like... We're trying but, stuff. Well, to be fair, I guess what Ren in the Realm Breaker does is it turns, uh, can you hit Indomitable Creativity so you can turn a land into a creature?
1: Gives you, it gives it give, it, you tokens.
0: It gives you another thing to
1: target with yep. indomitable creativity. The floor yep. is it makes another, it makes more sack fodder. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Okay, and wrapping it up, we've got Mono Green Tron. Um, uh, Tron lit. We haven't seen Tron doing really much of anything recently, so it's kind of cool to see it. Yeah. Uh, as far as your creatures, you've got Golos Titan, Kozilek, or sorry, Sundering Titan, Kozilek and Olamog. Nothing crazy there. Sundering Titan in the main's probably the weirdest. You've got four four mana Karn, uh, the great creator. You've got seven mana Karn. you got one Ugin. Um, you do have a Noxious Revival, which I do not think is stock in these lists. Uh, Phyrexian mana to throw a card back on top of your deck from your graveyard, which is actually super cool tech because it hits your Tron lands. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got, if you're playing against some kind of a wasteland effect, it's a pretty good response to be like, I'm just going to put that Urza's mind back on top of my library. Oh, look, I've got Tron. Fuck you. Well,
0: another thing you could do, I mean, there's plenty of, it's Noxious Revival. So there's like a million lives oh, yeah. here. But one of the things you can do is you go, I have one Tron land. I've, or this Tower? Yep. And a Sylvan Scrying and a Noxious Revival. <laughs> so I'm going to play my Tower, Sylvan Scrying, get the fucking, uh, get the mine. Yep. Noxious Revival next turn. That's true. Get the Power Plant. Yep. You like can it, just, you can kind of double dip on your search
1: effects. That's true. To turn one into the full suite. Yep, you get to double up on Sylvan Scrying, you get to double up on there's no way they're not right. Yeah, Ancient Stirrings. You can't double up on a lot of just really like the number like so my close thing to playing this is in Esper Reanimator in Modern, I play Witch's Cottage, mm-hmm. which is it's the black version of Mystic Sanctuary, where when it comes in, if you have three or more other swamps, you get to put a creature on top. And obviously it's great with uh because you have Aether Mage's touch, you can cheat Archons into play. I use it as often just to be like, you know what I would like to draw? Solitude. Yep. I would like to evoke Solitude and then draw Solitude. Cool. Or I'd like to be able to like, yeah, block with the Solitude, have it die and then draw Solitude again.
0: Yeah, the it's to me this is the perfect card to be run as a one of yep. because like what you want to do ideally outside of those like corner cases where you're very specific line you're trying to chase but those are more likely that you have noxious revival early but like where it's best is where you like you draw it on turn 8 and as opposed to drawing like a random thing you're like cool
1: yeah I redraw this good card right next turn I'm drawing this yep you're a shit I'm gonna draw Ugin again you answered the Ugin (laughs) answer it again
0: I'm gonna redraw Ugin
1: and by the way I'm gonna do
0: it at the end of your turn yeah so answer it at sorcery speed bitch
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, the rest of it's pretty standard for a Tron list. Um, let's wrap this up because we are once again approaching two hours. Yep. So, metagame summary. Uh, even though we oh, didn't see any of the top eight. Eighth place, eight. Crashing Football. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Eighth place was that Crashing Football as a list. That was almost identical to the fifth place list. So, didn't see any of the top eight, but Living End did bring four lists to the top 32 for a total of 12.5%. Uh, Rakdos Scam was 9%, with three. We did have crashing both Crashing Footfall lists made to the top eight, which is kind of nice. cool. Um, so two Crashing Footfall, two Creativity, two Mono Green Tron, a couple other. Two Gorio Through the Breach lists, so Through the Breaching, some pretty powerful nonsense cards. Um, two Mono Black Coffers, and then a huge stack of 1-0s. Very wide metagame this week, for sure. Most played cards, Lightning Bolt, Grief, Thoughtseize. hey Thoughtseize, Ragavan, Shardless Agent. So a real a real shakeup in some of these most-played cards and the top decks this week.
0: Yeah, this dude's playing a fucking popper deck, basically. Kultotha Aggro, <laughs> Memnite DRC, Goblin Bushwhacker, yeah. Valdaran Epicure, Reckless Bushwhacker, <laughs> Gleeful Demolition, Goblin Grenade, Kultotha Rebirth, Manamorphose, Bobble, and uh, Experimental Synthesizer. Yep. It's basically just make goblin tokens. Yep, That's hilarious. I don't think
1: there was a rare in the main. That's awesome. Top creatures: Grief, Ragavan, shredless Agent, Street Wraith, and Endurance. And top spells: Lightning Bolt, Thought Sees, Engineered Explosives, uh, Force of Negation, and Violent Outburst. Matt, we went long as we always do. But well, I'm ready to wrap the episode but up. Not as long as we normally do. Not as long. That's true. So, if you guys want to reach out to us, you have any questions, comments, concerns? You tell, tell us you hate the podcast. You love the podcast. You want to be on the podcast. Send us an email, cantripcartel at gmail.com. You can email us on or we have like we have a Facebook account, you can hit us up on Twitter account, uh make a comment on the Reddit. Actually, uh Emperor's very good at letting me know when people are wanting to reach out to us on Reddit. So hit us up on there. Ah uh, I think that's it though. Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? Not that I know of. All right, well, we're going to head on over to the Patreon-exclusive content. Let's go record probably 20, 30 minutes. Let's not forget again. And if you want to listen to that sweet content, head over to the patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. But otherwise, Matt, I think we'll see you next week. Yep. Have a nice night, guys. I'm tired. I don't have a scenario. Do you have one? Uh,
0: Turn one, forest, land, where else?
1: Fuck. I don't have a bolt.
2: Yes,
0: that means I win.
2: Welcome, step on in to the catcher Cartel. Chicken and Matt chatting meta games while slinging some spells, casting ale sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature. Once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the Elvish visionaries on the Wildwood prairies, where the praise of so some so scary, so legendary. in ranger scrawls the sylvan libraries, where win the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows, let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground, nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birchlorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhales. Carpet of flowers unwound Birds of paradise sang Tropical islands of sound Allosaurus shepherd danced On dinosaurs stomping grounds Jake and Matt pondered deeply All this magic they found Through their vision, thou and serum, They saw only for how To convey these magic stories aloud To the crowds, the masses Make the voices heard Share the truth, the magic Through ancestral visions They felt compelled To draw every single card With the cantrip cartel Draw cards with the cantrip cartel Strong cards with the care Trip cartel.